Welcome back to the Dropcast. This is uh, episode 11 with our buddy Noah Mendez. What's up, Noah? What's going on, everybody? Haven't seen this cat in a while, so I know it's been to catch what, up. Over, over a year now, right? I think so. The, the Damn near. It was cold the when The calendars we did that. are like falling off the months <laughs> and the days. I, I'm getting lost in time. It feels like they're shredding the days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we were talking about in the last one with Jack. We were like, not last November, last, last November. And it's just like, wait, what? We missed a whole year. Obviously. Yeah, right? It's so strange. <laughs> the lost I, years. But I met you guys during the pandemic, right? Was it? That was like one of the first shoots that I was on in quite, kind of a long time, in my opinion. I mean, So we've done a couple, sh- or I've done a couple shoots with you being yeah. the, the hotel shoot and then that garage mm. shoot. Am I missing it? Any no, other no. Ones? Just, I think, think it was. Was two. it just those two? Yeah. yeah. The garage shoot was the one that I was on. Now, like I said, I think that was the first set I'd been on in a while. Just because yeah, of everything that was, that was going on. That was Garrett Salmon's shoot for light panels. Light panels. Yep. So we got to yeah, play around cool. with those two by ones and one by ones and emulate some cop lights and. Our yeah, that was pretty. No, wait. Shout I was out to, show, no, shout out to you weren't on the bar shoot, were you? Yes, I was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Lofi. Is that what's called Lofi? Yeah. Yeah, place is pretty sweet. I miss living over there, dude, because I would just walk. And get lunch and. Are you not above carry in Carytown anymore? No, so we're actually I moved back home because my girlfriend isn't going to Michigan anymore. So mm-hmm. um, she's now <clears throat> doing her own thing, and we just decided to kind of leave save money. Le- leave Ann Arbor, save some money. We actually just got a studio in Eastern Market that we're moving into next week. So nice. okay, um, awesome. yeah, yeah. Yeah, moving home to me would be an amazing thing, but you know, my parents would just be like, "Yeah, right." <laughs> like, like, yeah, your parents would. <laughs> no, it's right. like, yo, with the economy and this and that. Right. No, my parents. My parents are pretty cool about it. So, uh, you know, obviously they see I want to. I want to save some money, mm-hmm. and uh, I. I don't know where I want to go though. I really liked Ann Arbor. Really great neighborhood. It was. Uh, you know. You know. You ride too, John. So yeah. like. Um, great, yeah. Wake up and hit anywhere. Great place to ride. Nice bike lanes. You know, not getting almost hit by cement, cement trucks and stuff. Like, did you get to ride in the newer ones that they just built all over the place? Yes, yeah, I did. It was. Pre- they're so nice. Yeah, so nice. So I for those of you that, that don't know, you guys are talking about road biking. Like, you guys put down some miles on the road bike, right? Yeah, yeah. He definitely puts he, down more than I, me. I see him. I see and, him. I'm just and my him. buddy Will uh, yeah, you, puts down way more miles Will, than I do. He, yeah, <laughs> Will's an animal, dude. Him and his brother, they are. They've went out and dragged me for seventy miles, man. And I'm just like, I know. I've seen your guys' Stravas and like your screenshots and stuff. <laughs> like, he'll be like. 9 a.m. in Detroit, like beautiful day for riding. I'm looking, I'm like, dude, it's like 33 degrees out. And like an hour later, I see another screenshot and it's like a huge loop. Like people always say, my parents always think I'm like insane for riding in the cold, but it's like, just get a nice puffer and your body's moving. You're going to stay warm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't ride in the cold. There's like, I've had bad asthma growing up and okay. everything like that. So whenever the cold air starts to get in my chest and in my nose, everything slowly starts to <laughs> close. It sucks. And I like can't breathe and you know, it's not pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been able to ride at all around here though? Like at like Ipsy is a terrible place to ride. Really? Um, yeah. There's like Ford Lake loop. We do that all the time, mm-hmm. but even just that loop, like getting over the highway is treacherous. And, um, I got, a single speed again because my first one got stolen but i couldn't it was either trails or like riding my mountain bike on the asphalt and nice. eating up my tires and stuff so yeah. i had to get a i need to get my speed. mountain bike fixed i yeah, we've hit dte a couple times this past season dt is i love dte probably one of my favorites yeah it's um, super fun yeah my buddy will took a hard spill there this past summer it was really is he, he, okay? sent, he did too he sent it and he probably went 
a solid 15 to 20 feet and landed on his face. Uh, was he wearing a full jump. face? <clears throat> he wasn't wearing a full face. He was uh, he, like broke his glasses off him, oh. like his got everything. It was just. I thought you were gonna say jaw and, and I, teeth or something. And you know when you see somebody get hurt and it, your instinct just is like, to, <gasps> once you see that they're okay and they're not dying, you you kind of like want to laugh. And yeah. I was cracking up, dude. And he's like, "Don't laugh, don't laugh." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh God!" No. I'm, I'm, I'm like, "I'm sorry, dude." <laughs> yeah, I uh. I uh, took a super bad spill at Boyne. Like, not, was oh, it? I was thinking Three of the other ago. one when I was trailing right behind you when you washed over that berm. Oh, I that did little, do yeah. that. Yeah, that was a that was another at spill. DTE. Mm-hmm. That was like twenty five miles an hour, and we were tra- I was trailing right behind you, and you hit this berm, and your front I committed too hard, like, and I went over the top of the berm. Around, it was like Sugarloaf, Sugarloaf, Sugarloaf. I don't okay. remember which loop. Just we down the where like. There's those S-bends that go up to the top of the hill. We were coming the opposite way. So we would go up the long way and then come down the S-bends. And you come down, there's all those berms after you just hit all those jumps. And I just went right over this berm into a tree at like 20-something miles an hour. And I almost cleared my bars, chested the tree. The tree's here. My head is to the left of it. So I didn't make contact with that. But then like my stem went right into my inner thigh and I just had a big ol'. I got like that. I got the front row seats view of that being right behind. <laughs> it could have been too. way worse. It, yeah, luckily enough, I haven't had any serious crashes or anything. But I haven't done any downhill stuff or. You know, I'm, I'm just I'm just kind of a wannabe athlete, so I just dude. Me too. I mean, I'm not get. I mean, I can whip a little bit. That's that's it. And when I mean whip a little bit, I mean if I don't case it, like my tire will get a little out there. <laughs> that's about it. I don't do much road biking, but downhill or like just mountain bike riding and like trail riding for sure because that's like the closest thing that yeah. i can get to motocross personally and like yeah i, yeah, I, I forgot you ride a motocross yeah i grew up racing motocross and stuff <clears> and like that's just like the closest that i can get it is like to that feeling of like you guys know it i'm sure where oh, like yeah, you don't yeah. think about anything else yeah. it's just like on the on the track or whatever, yeah I grew, I grew up riding a two-stroke uh 175 oh, yeah, i think we talked old, about this yeah, yeah old 96 crf and it was pretty cool yeah did nice you race slick. at any tracks or no i, I never tracks? raced i only went on like a, a local track that some one of my uncle's buddies that has a construction company like oh, excavated right a nice well, that's like, still dope thing. you know like you yeah, it was cool space yeah mm-hmm. i never really got too comfortable though with the you know, me either with the throttle. I've ridden a motorcycle like twice by myself, and each time I was like, okay, down, then up, or is it up and then down, then down, then like first, second, right. third, yeah. And like other than that, that's about it. I'm definitely more comfortable on two wheels than four, though. As far as like four wheeling and stuff like that, I'd much rather be on a bike. I growing up racing motocross, we always shat on the the quad racers and stuff. <laughs> their their couches on wheels. It's no, probably no it's, respect for. It's the quads. probably like the uh, you know mountain bike riders and trail runners yeah, yeah. pretty much same Definitely. sort of beef <laughs> yeah. yeah or have you ever been on dte when somebody's been on a horse what oh i've never seen a horse i haven't yet. but they're you're technically allowed to mm-hmm. and like i've seen like ho- like piles of horse shit on the trail before <laughs> hitting the like, hitting the doubles with the old saddle yeah that's funny that's but, funny all right well that, yeah that's, that's enough mountain bike talk yeah yeah i so yeah why, no, tell why don't we just kind of like break down a little bit of how i how you how got I into do, things and yeah, how you yeah. do things, man. Yeah, so I, I'm, uh, again, I'm Noah Mendez. I I'm, I turn 23 next week. And oh, uh, I know, right? I it's do remember weird. you were young and I was like, damn, he's out here. Yeah, how old are you guys again? I forget. 28. 26. Oh, geez. Yeah. Now I'm feeling kind of like the baby in the room. It's okay. <laughs> I t- I'm Age still is just like a 20 number. at heart. 
Yeah, so I, I run a, a media company called Midtown Media Co. We, uh, we do a lot of events. We do a lot of, you know, weddings. Before the pandemic, we, my team did about like 50 weddings. How many people um, are you working with? So I have, I was just thinking about that last night. I have a total, like including myself, there's eight of us. Um, are, most they, of, are they like employees so, or contractors? So they're contractors. Most of them are contractors, videographers, photographers. Mm-hmm. Um, Will is our lead editor. He's, he's kind of full-time. He does, you know, all the video editing. And, uh, you know, I occasionally pick up a video edit or two. And I mostly do a lot of, you know, photo editing, considering I do like lead photo for a lot of our events, or at least weddings. And you shoot on the um, Mark IV? Uh, five, for stills, yeah, I do. Mark yeah, five D Mark IV, um, and we do a lot of one DX Mark II for wedding stuff. Um, really good photo video cameras. Mm-hmm. So I run Midtown Media, and then I do a lot of agency work, freelance for other pr- larger production companies, and mm-hmm. stuff that's going to be social media content for like Jeep. Uh, yesterday we were doing some stuff for Ram. Um, you know, we, I just got doing some projects for PBS and, uh, who else? There's just a bunch of, bunch of like local brands that are, that keep us busy, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's been really cool. I, I started <clears throat> considering I started with like, you know, wedding stuff when I was about like 14. It's been, it's been amazing to, you've been shooting for that long. Yeah. Yeah. I started Dang. shoot. Well, I think I, it was like the summer I was about like 13 and a half about to be 14. And my neighbor across the street, Kyle Martin, he, uh, he was like, I was doing just messing around with my mom's, uh, camera, just doing some like Instagram stuff. Right. And he was like, you want to try video? And I'm like, I don't even really know what I'm doing with photos, but, <laughs> but sure. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I, we do, I do a lot of weddings. So, uh, and I'm like weddings that's a lot of responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, uh, I don't, I'm not too sure if I want to do that. And he's like, listen, just come tag along and uh, just feel the ropes out. So I spent a full summer doing that, you know, getting like 50 bucks a wedding and just learning the ropes of not only how to work the camera, how to, you know, properly use audio equipment, lighting, and you you're know. 13 and 14 at this time? Yeah. Yeah. Damn, dude. You dude, not early not, jump. I know, That's, right? Yeah. Now, now you I get not, your early 10,000 hours. Or whatever for real. Yeah. For real. And now I look at 14 year olds and I'm like, fuck, I wouldn't trust a 14 year old at my wedding. Yeah. But, but no, it was cool. I think one of the early, like, kind of shock factors were every time I would take a meeting with a couple at Starbucks, they, I would be sitting in the Starbucks and they'd walk in. And I'd kind of like, I recognize when someone's looking for me, right? Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, hi, I'm Noah. Like, nice to meet you. And they'd be like, you're Noah? How, <laughs> God they're like, damn it. how old are you, kid? <laughs> you know, but it is, you know, early, early uh, bumps in the road, I guess. When did you start, um, like, doing that? Like, because you said that you were with a, another person who kind of took you under their wing. But, like, when did you go out? And be like, yeah, this is my company now, or I have my own company. And so I, sp- I spent that first summer like learning with Kyle, and uh, that was just really a, a huge step in my in like my mindset, right? Like I didn't realize that you could even make a career out of camera work. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. realize that you could build a business around it. And uh, so I did that for that summer, and then after that, I my I remember I think my mom we were at the computer, and my mom was doing taxes, and she's like you need like an LLC for this. And I'm like, <clears throat> that's a good sign. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I was just like, I don't know what that is. How so old were you when that was happening? 14. What? The yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's Work very, ethic. 
Have you ever worked yeah. uh, outside of video job? I've before? never had to clock in anywhere, which has been holy fuck. That's, I think that is that's sick. crazy. I think that's one of my biggest weaknesses, though. I've never had to. You know I know. I, mean? I know what you mean. Yeah. I know. I feel that way about corporate sometimes, where For it's real. just like you know, like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So so, anyways, we we like had to have like an LLC. It was like Image by Noah first, <laughs> and you know we um that's when I kind of felt that this was going to be something more, right? Like I, it wasn't just like doing some family sessions. It was like three weddings a weekend consistently the whole summer. Did you have a lot of friends growing up? <laughs> no, not really. Well, to that, be honest. That, that's what I'm to saying. Be, Cause like usually yeah, a kid so, would be super distracted by a lot of other stuff. Yeah. I've, I've always been the very like, not secluded, but I never really was able to connect with a solid group of like friends, right? Like mm-hmm. I always was just, my mind just goes everywhere between, you know, I played hockey since I was like two and a half years old and, you know, being in team. And I think your last guest was talking about how team sports really affected. Yeah. Jack. His, yeah. Jack was saying that. And I really, uh, I really understood that because team sports really helped me kind of have that leadership uh, ta- trait within me so like when it came time to finding people that i was looking for to to shoot or people to you know help me with certain tasks that i couldn't do it really helped having that team sports background things like that yeah but um but yeah i started pretty young and and like was able to really just feel out the industry and kind of feel where i wanted to put myself right are you from a family of entrepreneurs or just like business oriented (laughs) no not at all my so like so my my biggest supporters have been my girlfriend Savannah, who I've been with almost eight years, mm-hmm. and my mom. And uh, those two were with me when I first thought I was going to make a career out of selling prints at art fairs and uh, street shows. So that was that was that summer that I was fourteen. And have I have you ever sold prints at art fair? <clears throat> no, not before. So when okay. when I was like fourteen, I I like borrowed a thousand bucks from my mom, went spent a couple hundred on prints and mats. And then I uh, got myself a booth, and we just about broke even. So oh, it was, wow. It was a learning experience. And then at How that, old was that? That was when I was like 14, 15. You should have fucking slapped the E's on backwards, <laughs> made it look like a lemonade stand, really sold that aspect. People would be like, damn, oh, I, let's buy this. Oh, I did. I did. I, we broke even, which I, which I consider a win. So, But like, you did sell. You had a booth at Art Fair? Yeah. So That's was, awesome. Yeah. I, had I don't a couple, know anybody who's done that. I had a couple booths, and uh, honestly, I think the <clears> biggest <throat> thing I took from that was being able to interact with people. Like at some of the fairs, uh, at the, some of the art shows, there was just like all retired people, yeah, like totally. older retired people. And I would just sit there for eight hours for three days in a row and I would just talk, dude. Yeah. And I would just go into depth with just random people telling my story and telling what my goals are. You felt you know? exhausted at the end of the day, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it Where did you grow up? I, so I grew up down river. I grew okay. up, I was born in Wyandotte and I, uh, my parents moved to Brownstown when I was younger and that's actually when I when we moved to Brownstown, my neighbor across the street was the guy who ended up teaching me uh, weddings. Yeah. So um, that was that was pretty cool, man. Just getting to experience weddings, and um, that was my introduction to this industry. I know weddings have a really really bad uh, taste in a lot of creators' mouths. Whether it's I do I love it. Whether it's photo or video. And, and rightfully so, because weddings are very like they're very strenuous. They're very they're definitely the cookie cutter production of oh yeah of of this industry. And uh, I, I like to think of weddings. So at first, when I weddings used to scare the shit out of me because you know you got that one moment, you got this and that, and it's like there's so much resting on your shoulders and everything. But I, I think I, I mean it was, was it by like our third wedding that we did, which I think is just all of them. 
by the end of it, I realized how when you say cookie cutter, like it's perfect for that because like how tight and how well wrapped the itinerary and the schedule and everything. Right, it's like right. this, then this, then this, and it's just one moment, this, this, this. But photography is different with video, you know, it's in my opinion easier. Like I've shot a wedding right. photography style a couple of times and it was photos different harder. too because you have to really direct the couple and you know oh yeah things like that mm -hmm. with, but i mean honestly the cookie cutter aspect of it is the reason i've been able to really uh you know take advantage Excel. of efficiencies and create a real business model around it and create a, a you know a medium-sized business a lot of my friends have like some of the guys that i'm working with have you know half a million dollar revenue wedding video businesses and some of them are exceeding a million Jeez. which is to me is just like if you told 14 year old me that i would have been like what, what the fuck dude are okay. you serious another cool thing about weddings that i think is really overlooked in the creator world is like you're sh you're like giving somebody an experience like, absolutely that's something that they're going to take with them the rest of their lives that's what i'm most proud of is that you know a lot of my couples are very happy and you know we're doing all different cultures of what my favorite part has been seeing how every culture comes together and celebrates the same yeah. the same thing oh, and, yeah. it, and it's all essentially the same thing even if it's in a different language my team I'm, i've been able to really show my team that this is all the same mm -hmm. this is this is all the same exact thing mm -hmm. you just have to know what and where to be you know what i mean i shot a hindu wedding one time and it was like <laughs> way over my head indian like, weddings are amazing so much going I've on i've done an indian wedding and an arabic wedding before and like the indian weddings being like seven days long and stuff <laughs> are just insane. yeah those are our biggest clients for sure yeah oh I, I, can't, I can't imagine the man. budgets on those like big yeah wedding. oh and the food is outstanding i mean i've i've shot for killer creations before i don't know yeah if you know yeah mike periano is a great friend of mine yeah shout mike, out to mike yeah mike's <laughs> a good dude for sure um and those those weddings are just huge. I can't, I mean, flying them all over the place for all these different locations, having family celebrations all over the United States or yeah. what have you, you know, I always get nervous. Yeah, we just booked one in Chicago, an Indian wedding in Chicago, which would be pretty fun. And that's probably only one day of the celebration. Uh, the, I think they got us for two days. I okay. Say. Yeah. We've been able to do a little bit of traveling for weddings, but most of the traveling is agency work. We were just in, um, I just got home from almost like a, almost two months on the road of just i was gonna say every time we text to try to get you in here like you know we'll be bouncing back and forth it's always like you know i'm flying back or i'll be in town or like i'm not in town and i'm yeah. just like damn yeah this past yeah. this past year i really felt like <clears throat> not that the not that my goals have been met but it's i felt the first for the first time since i was like since i was 14 and i first got like 500 bucks for a wedding in that moment someone handed me that 500 bucks cash and you like you know something right mm -hmm. like you you feel something within like the, for the first time this past year i've really felt like i'm heading in the direction that i want to go right like yeah. like Dude, being, hell yeah. you know what i mean like being being on the road and just like not having time for anything <laughs> <laughs> has felt like it's felt nice oh, you yeah. know it's felt nice luckily i don't have any you know super crazy obligations like a nine to five or you know a kid or something yeah, I, I was literally about to say like a child yeah <laughs> yeah like a child the business is my child really yeah. yeah what is the saying um long days equal short years or something like that and like short days equal long years and you want to go for the short years makes so sense time just flies and you stack that money <laughs> right stack <laughs> something the money. like that something like that i'm, I'm butchering the quote <laughs> we'll take it for what it is yeah. we study butcher quotes on here <laughs> yeah that's kind of our specialty but so, um 
yeah so midtown media co not only does weddings but you guys do a lot of other stuff like you were talking about last time right like like the whole entire idea or the whole entire reason we did the porsche thing is just because we saw you doing that jeep thing and you should talk about yeah. that a little bit because the what oh, you were God, telling me on a, the phone was pretty story. funny stuff yeah my so yeah midtown media does a lot of you know we do a lot of events and weddings but i've been able to get a few reoccurring like clients as far as like school districts which mm -hmm. have decent budgets uh, a couple larger companies like a so there's a solar company that we work with that does you know a yearly you know every december we go and cover their events and stuff like that which is a good budget things like that so between the weddings and that we've been able to build a, a small sustainable business but uh, we've also been able to have some really fun experiences just going you know putting together uh you know producing and and you know coming up with some fun concepts to shoot and things like that uh and that kind of leads me to one of the the car thing that we were doing so a lot of what i do is automotive um free age productions who is based out of eastern market shout yeah, out you to dp for them a yeah lot, sh right? shout out to jim and danny danny's actually their dp and uh, i've been doing a lot of ac work i've been doing a lot of second shooting for them and they really put my foot in the door as far as uh the agency the larger agency stuff um you know, they, they've really, really provided me some amazing opportunities to go around the country and, and travel with them and, uh, really learn what set life is like, right. You know, mm -hmm. on my, on a, on a corporate or a school district job, I'm never going to have, you know, 20 people on set. Yeah. So I've been able to, you know, get, get comfortable in those 20, 20 person crew environments and stuff like that and working with clients and working with, you know, interviewing people that are, you know, of a high status, you know, Mary Barra or, you know, yesterday, yesterday we were with the commission, the fire commissioner of uh, Warren, which was pretty cool. So like Jim and Danny at Free Age have really provided that like window into what I could turn, um, what I could turn the business into, right? As far as like an agency, you know, bidding on projects, you know, showing me the new, a different business model you know it's it's like what i say all the time you're the average of all your friends so like if you get put in an environment where somebody's like kind of above you in a sense then it's just like okay right you're it's only gonna be a matter of time until you're like walking you're walking along the staircase with them yep yep it's it's all who you place yourself in a room with yeah you know but so they so they've you know they do a lot of automotive projects and uh you know like i said before like pbs stuff that i've shot for them and things and uh i kind of wanted to go and do my own uh my own auto uh, automotive project so I kind of like was trying to get it as close to their quality as I could with two people. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, it was, it was tell really, us about it. So, so <laughs> my, my concept, my, so my, my parents' neighbor just got a uh, brand new, like 392 Wrangler, the, the Hemi powered Wrangler, mm -hmm. which by the way, there should never be that much power in a box on wheels because <laughs> I, he gave it to me for the weekend and it's scary to be honest. Like I, I love speed and I can handle speed, and it was just like I it was crazy. To I be hate driving those. Heavy, <laughs> I've yeah. been. It I've, was it was crazy. Yeah, I've driven one of those through the mountains, but it was just a four banger. But like even when I was going through the Rockies, like got little gust of wind, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> like I can't imagine going that fast. Yeah. So basically, I, I he a year ago he had a um he had a Porsche 911 Turbo S. And he wanted me to do some video for it, but I never found the time to. And he ended up getting rid of that and got this uh, this Wrangler. So 
I was like, hey, listen, I want to go and shoot a spec video that I can use to maybe, you know, land some dealership contracts or something like that. And he was like, yeah, whenever you want, just come pick it up. And uh, me and me and my crew put together, you know, it took a little bit to kind of rent the car rig and, you know, figure out, how, you know, shot list, everything like that. And uh, he gave it to us. We did a we did the uh, pavement road uh, car to car shots. And then we did uh, a, f- a family friend has a farm out in uh, Romulus or something like that. And the, we did, this we, tough. we had a one by one, uh, acre of land and we completely tilled this, this whole acre of land. And, <laughs> and I mean, like it was grass before. And at the end it was like, you step into it and you go down to your knee in mud. It's that it part of the gassy. commercial where the guitar riffs come in and it's like, <laughs> the jeep's just slow-mo like mud coming over the top it was it was intense and like at the end of the end of the shoot i think we we definitely overdid it and um i'll show you i showed john the shot of it but i don't plan on showing my neighbor that because (laughs) because it was just bad i was having a panic attack at the end of the shoot because i'm like i can't even use these shots you can't even you can't even tell what kind of car this is because it was just so caked in mud. Like, oh, you, gee, just, like <laughs> just things that like you know we shoot all the time, but just things that like you don't account for. Like, oh, we literally are going to need a power washer for yep. this because the, sh- the yep. car is just caked. Yeah, it was a learning experience, and it was scary because I gave Brand it back to car. <laughs> I gave it back to him with the engine light on, and uh, we were just <laughs> oh, tilling this thing for hours and i and uh credit to jeep because that thing will not stop we were dragging it in the frame like through the frame and and just mud those are those one ton axles baby and clay and it just dude i was under that thing for three hours after that shoot until one o'clock in the morning under i i took a winter jacket and i laid in the car wash and i was under there pulling out footballs of clay oh holy I swear, I swear to god i've never seen a car so fucked up who was driving it my dad <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome my dad's a good driver I, I trust my dad driving it so i was just like hey i need somebody to drive and drift and you know take direction mm-hmm. that's right. he did pretty good he uh he got on it that's really yeah. sweet that's, it was scary awesome. it was cool you know the video turned out pretty good i wasn't we had rain delays so i wasn't able to set up as early as i wanted to yeah I remember so i didn't that. i didn't get like interior shots i wanted i didn't get you know a few different things but but i was pretty happy with it it looked pretty good yeah it did look yeah. pretty good it didn't look as good as your guys' uh vintage porsche ad that was that, that was, was beautiful have you, seen, have you seen that that yet? was beautiful i saw the stills <laughs> that you posted and okay. it was and it looked gorgeous I'll show, we'll show you the the rough of it we still got to go we're in a waiting period because we need to go get audio, uh, more audio of the, the car itself. Oh, I didn't get any audio, which sucked. I know. that's. I mean, we didn't really record any actual audio that we want to use that day. So we, we're waiting right now because we can't take it out on salted roads because that car is fucking mint. So we have to wait <laughs> till it gets nice out and then go that, do that some That was more, one of your guests' car, right? Uh, yeah, he was on here. Okay. Steve's yeah, on I, I listened to that too. That He was cool, yeah. He's yep. actually... so. To, tonight, me and Trey are leaving at like eleven ish. Yeah. Hopefully, no you guys later. Had Petoskey, oh Ad, sweet, like Atlanta, Michigan, Petoskey area. Oh, for the for drift S- thing, snow, snow drift. drift, sweet. Yeah, that's gonna, gonna be, be sick. Um, one of my buddies has a cabin on Nine Mile Point, which is like right in the Petoskey Bay, and we're there's all this snow coming in tonight, so we're a little nervous. But my buddy Steve, we'll we're taking up his um, Macan like suv porsche which the other night we were the other night we were out drifting and and that thing will not 
slide out <laughs> like all you got to do is press on the gas a little bit if you're like coming around a corner too fast or you know the car might be like you're like oh i'm gonna spin out it's dangerous we're in like a foot of snow you just tap on the gas and the all-wheel drive system like recalibrates and you just like shoot forward like a fucking crab that's it's, awesome it's insane so, that's gonna be fun yeah yeah i just got blast. back up we were just in the up for like two different we were up there for a shoot with uh a tire company at some winter testing facility that was pretty sweet got to see some of those new uh what is it bronco raptor dude yeah uh, i saw yeah. those we didn't, we didn't shoot it but i saw it and it was a beast okay. was how nice. did you get in with all these agencies so i met let me think my aunt my tia michaela my aunt mickey actually she went to ccs with Are you uh, italian I'm Mexican. Okay. Yeah, I'm half Mexican. That just shows how much so. I know. <laughs> Are I you like, Italian? That, that sounds, you that tell. sounds Italian. <laughs> You're Italian. Oh, my That's God. That's great. Okay. Cornbread <laughs> motherfucker. Whoops. <laughs> Whoopsies. I love it. That's great. So, Don't call me the camera cowboy for nothing, dog. <laughs> he is the camera. I'm actually going to have you sign a, a holster for me so I can put it in the studio. Oh, <laughs> dude, I'm down. Put a revolver in it. Fuck go. yeah. So my my aunt Mickey actually introduced me to Danny, who was a deep who's the DP for Free Age, and um, he he was one of my they were my first connection to like this the agency stuff, and then throughout the years I've just kind of met a few different people that have uh, <clears throat> have you know a lot of connections and people that are doing a lot of agency work, and um, it's been really really eye opening. One of the guys that I met, and I don't I don't want to mention his name only because That's fine. he's been really generous and and including me in some conversations that are way out of my league Mm -hmm. like just simply i i don't even know how to you know what i mean yeah so this guy actually they're they're they have a new business they have a business model that is i i 100 percent believe that it's going to change the way that uh production like some like certain types of production companies um work and operate because they're doing they're doing. I'm trying to figure out how to word this without giving away any information that I shouldn't. And you don't have to do that. You can <coughs> no, honestly I, just no. But I want. I want to tell you guys because this shit's crazy. They're they're basically they're basically restructuring a certain type of like education format of video production, right? And they're going after you know half a million dollar contracts with really really large companies like uh, you know what else? Air Force. Uh, we just got doing done doing some stuff for the NFL. I'm pretty sure I can mention that. Um, when you say restructuring, how are you saying like how the companies understand how it's going to impact their business? I would say more so how it's sold to the company as as yeah. to you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like reforming. So, the I mean, dude, you can way. only shoot video certain types of ways. Yeah, but you can you can model a business to do anything. Yeah, and the way that they're they're structuring original content is really really going to change the game because they're they you're gonna have to tell us eventually oh i'll tell you soon i'll tell tell you as soon as we're done as soon as we're done recording because it's it was it's so simple but to me it just like you know what i mean it was one of we were so we were shooting we were doing these nfl uh interviews in in dallas and um basically we were trying we're creating this these videos to help these guys transition from being professional players to normal human beings walking around the road. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause when you're an NFL and I don't know shit about the NFL or, or most professional sports, but when you're a, you know, when you're a pro athlete, you know, your schedule is all determined for you. 
uh, you know, you're making big bucks and, and everything is laid out for you, right? Meals, ti- daily timelines, travel, everything is there. And then when it's gone, <laughs> it's yeah, gone. And, and these guys, down onto and the these guys <laughs> in, in the league, I don't know, in the league, when you're done, you, you arrive at practice and your shit's put in a black trash bag. Jeez, yeah, and that's not, and that's it. <clears throat> a crazy thing too is, um, I mean, granted, you got a couple mills hopefully stacked up in the bank. Se- but Seventy-seven. I forget what the statistic is, but somewhere around seventy percent of uh, NFL players are bankrupt within two years of leaving the league. Dude, it was like when we were in Miami and we were at Michael Beasley's house, and that place was falling apart. And he's like that professional basketball player. Mm-hmm. We had he had like nine ATVs, none of them worked. Okay. All of them were <laughs> crapped out. But one star Airbnb rating. Yeah, but like. The weirdest thing about the whole entire professional sports things is like back in the day, you know, these, and I totally could be wrong. This is just something I was listening to on another podcast they were talking about. Um, athletes were in their mid 20s and like a little bit older, depending wherever they were getting like big. Now we have athletes that are like six foot nine monsters who are like 22 years old and they've never had anything their whole life. They were just super good at sports. Definitely not me. Well, the thing is, is it's crazy because they're just like, you, you hear about an athlete who got like caught drunk driving or something. It's like, yeah, dude, you gave a 22 year old like $16 million. (laughs) Like he doesn't know what he's doing. You know what I mean? It's, it's not necessarily the best model to to do that, but you got to make those mistakes though. Like I feel like when I first, when I first uh, started making good w- money with the wedding business, you know, we had our first like 15k weekend, and I was like, "Shit, I'm going to buy clothes and whatever." You yeah. Know? But now I like obviously regret all that. Yeah. Because now I I want to save for you know different business ventures I want to try different, you know I want to have I want to try a product but I want to try to sell products. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of products, but. Um, what else I want to do? I want to do some investment properties, you know, obviously yeah. that, that's a way to diversify you know, I, your funds. Right, right. I don't have, you know, I don't have a corporate like 401k or anything like that. So I have to think of like how I'm going to retire if I choose to. You NFTs know? is Trey's, Trey's way. <laughs> I would say that's no, my way of that, retiring. That should but. be your way of retiring <laughs> because your, your Photoshop <clears throat> skills are immaculate they're I'm insane trying to, those, i'm trying to put a down payment on a house in crypto is what my my goal with all that you're gonna do it metaverse i 100 we'll, we'll mark it on the podcast right now he will do it yeah i mean not only that i feel like you could now you were just a little busy <laughs> i mean yeah but i just i want to it would not so much put a down payment but fully pay off a house in crypto oh would be, would be tight. Well, yeah you can still do yeah. that too I, I'm not right it. now i'm not that brave well no then, not now but but you got to buy the house in the nft so for the rest of history and the sales of that house you make two percent or like yeah the house comes with a fuck this is stupid he's <laughs> <laughs> like uh, people are gonna make fun of me for this but no no dude no honestly like i'm so like i've been so consumed in the nft shit it's so bad okay. for my mental health that like just trying to wrap my head around all this because i have seen, no it's like, important to put in your shit. put in I mean, your hours you know yeah. it's like it's borderline wasting time but borderline <laughs> almost justifiable <laughs> I mean, it's like gold rush baby you're like trying to get in there when you're when yeah. it's hot well yeah. at least our thoughts are in the right place right but i mean yeah, because, because right? for, 14 year old me was just like thinking about how to spend the money before i even made it that's yeah. so that is so mind-boggling to me that at the age of 14 you were already cultivating like business skills because I was like 16, maybe 17, where I was like, I don't want a job. I mean, you're, you're younger than us, but you've been doing video for way longer. Like, I'm on, eight, yeah. I'm yeah, on eight, years. Eight years now. Eight okay. years now. I'm on year six or seven. <clears throat> I'm on year like 
five maybe um but but i completely hear just real quick what you're saying with like the uh residual income with like investing in properties and stuff i'm completely in that same yeah i I would be scared if i had everything in one place you know yeah totally vulnerable yeah um my brother-in-law is super into all that stuff it's like if it's not gold or silver or like buying stocks in salvador dali paintings or like (laughs) trying like when we were in italy he was walking around to all these um i'm sorry not italy london and he was walking around to um um all these different no all these different (laughs) markets and um he was like explaining to me that he was looking for wooden boxes with key locks because like in the antique trading world right now at the time like that was the hottest item so he's like if you can go into these antique shops and find like certain sizes and like different types of wood and different types of keys he's like looking around and he found one and he was like oh yeah this one's gonna go for that's it i'm just like who the hell is telling you all this stuff dude he's just like uh, like how much internet time like what is the secret internet database where you're finding all this information (laughs) but that's what's amazing though is that we we kind of popped up in the perfect time of internet right like where you can find that little niche of a wood box with a key mm-hmm. yeah and i think that you have an advantage for sure being 23 and then because like when you said you were doing stuff for instagram when you were 13 i didn't get an instagram until i had already graduated high school really yeah so like really 2011 is when i graduated high school so like instagram kind of wasn't even really that big of a thing yet okay i mean it was but it wasn't like it's not a daily it wasn't a daily life okay which to now like Everybody, even if you're not a content creator, Instagram's there. Like, our, my mom has a fucking Instagram and a TikTok. Right. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's very interesting because, like, it's it's really opened the doors to much more than just a, a daily post. Oh, yeah. You know? And people are finally realizing that. Oh, yeah. There's another app that's kind of coming out right now that everybody's talking about instead of Instagram. Somebody, Jack Virag put it in my ear the other day when he was talking about it. And I was like, I'm not downloading another app. Well, I haven't even been using Instagram, so. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> Should we talk about that? Yeah, what happened? Ahead, okay, yeah. so lately for the listeners, um, I've posted a few things about it, um, just about people's Instagrams getting hacked. And I know that if you have an Instagram, you've probably seen a lot of other people that have like gone through the turmoil of, I was hacked or this or that. And um, I've seen the extent of people getting like deep faked hacked to where it's like they post a video and it's like them like, oh, da, 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 like invest really? $5,000. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but like weird shit to where it's like, this is not me. I did not say this stuff. I did not make but it this looks, video. It, it looks so like holy like so shit. That so is scary. Really this scary. is how it happened to me. So I was and like, okay. Before you tell tell the story of how it happened, your Instagram was like for content creators. That's basically like our resume. Oh, a hundred percent. I had GoPro had posted some of my photos and tagged me. You know, a, a bunch of other smaller companies and it had so much stuff. credibility to us as like videographers or like you know, business owners. Absolutely, which is fucked. But yeah, yeah. Which which kind of made me realize the crutch that maybe I shouldn't have been leaning on though. Yeah, totally. It's probably like very introspective to be like, how can we once again diversify? Right, because now I'm locked out and I can't even, <laughs> I can't even log in or reset. I can't even delete the account so it stops messaging all my followers. Yeah, because it's mess. I've had at least 150 of my followers or clients or people emailing me, texting me, even friends of friends, people that I don't even I don't even know. You know, like mm-hmm. it's just kind of it's it sucks. It sucks more so for the people that got hacked from my account. You know, yeah, yeah because it's a chain actually, reaction. Yeah, Go into that exactly. how that works. So I, my family, my family goes to Disney World every year, and uh, 
I don't normally go, but we were, so anyways, we were there and I'm standing in line for something and, and I got a message from uh, a camera company that, that I had been camera rigging. I forgot what they were called, but I had been messaging with them in the, in the past, you know, and they were like, Hey, I need some help resetting my, my account. And at first I had, the, you know, I had that instinct of, eh, I don't know. Yeah. I gave them the benefit of the doubt and, uh, and they got, they, they gave, when they, they took advantage of you is what it is because they reached out from you from like a company that they could see their previous DMS. Right. They could do research and be like, Oh, this guy, we can try right. to dupe him. So basically they just said, all we need is your phone number and, uh, Instagram will send you a link for me to reset, send me the link. And that's it. Sent them a link. And, uh, as soon as I went back in my Instagram, I remember I clicked the app and it like went like I opened up my timeline and then said, you have been logged out and then clo- closed my Instagram. And at that moment I was like, yep, I know that. I know what that was. Jesus <laughs> oh, Christ. Fuck. And you had like a, you had like four or 5,000 followers or something like no, that. No, I right? think I had like three or something like that, but yeah. still it was just like, it just sucked. It just sucks. I mean, but- it, it it's different <laughs> for our sake because like you said, it is more so like a resume or like we treat Instagram like it's our brand and like right. our like promotion and stuff as opposed right. to someone that's just like taking selfies. I like, really, I sucked at posting on Instagram anyways. It's not the easiest <laughs> or the best. Yeah, I'm, I'm very inconsistent with that. I feel like I, especially for the business, I need to really be posting a lot of stuff all the time, but I don't. <laughs> We're the worst with the drop Instagram. <laughs> Dude, the drop Instagram, yeah, it's difficult. But, uh, but yeah, so don't let your Instagram get hacked. Don't help anybody. <laughs> yeah, and it's crazy, too, because I've gotten a few messages, the exact same thing. Hey, can you help me out? And one of them was from you. And I was like, that's when I called you. And I was like, yo, dude, is your Instagram hacked? And you're like, don't fuck, dude. It's been going, like, this week has been hell because of it. Like, everybody contacting you and saying yeah. the same shit. And you're yeah. just like, yep. It went on for a month. Yeah. Like, a solid month. And then I even, I even, like, reached back to the dude. He'd be like, hey, are you there? Can you help me? And I was like, fuck you. Like, you're not Noah. <laughs> fuck you, hacker, you piece of shit. Yeah, like, get of, a life. Some of my friends were trying to get him to give me my account back, and he said he would do it with Google gift cards. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> what a piece wow. of shit. You said it's you tracked the IP and everything, right? Yeah, so a friend of mine actually sent him a link that he clicked on, and it traced back to an address in Iowa. So I, I should buy a flight to Iowa. Yeah, just show and up the, at his door. And like. the only thing I'm packing is a Louisville slugger. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, hey, uh, do you recognize my fucking face? You just like open his door. It's like all these screens. Like, well, the scary thing is, he could be using like a VPN, so he could just be in Russia with like an Iowa IP. So it traced back, and there was like two layers of VPN back to Iowa. Oh, so you can you broke through those? I didn't, but a friend did. I thought that was the whole entire point of a VPN. Is that I thought so too. I use VPN. It's not going to keep you safe now. If your friend could do it, then the government can definitely do it. Yeah. Jeez. But yeah, that, so that was a recent event that sucked. <laughs> yeah, that sucks so much. Did you? Are you making a new Instagram or? I'm thinking about it. I've um, it's I've probably been, been refreshing. Yeah, it's probably been so nice. Yeah, yeah, I haven't really been on it, but I um, I've been emailing Instagram a shit ton, and nothing has happened. So they have to. They're, they're probably <laughs> so flooded. There's probably thousand like well, so even, many people yeah. getting hacked. Or I don't know something. who else to reach out. Do should I find like a, a meta support thing or I just need to find a phone number to talk to a human. They're not gonna do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If I if I can get on the phone with somebody, I can talk to somebody. Yeah. And I can get it done. Yeah. But they know you, that too. That's why they make it impossible to do Yeah. It. 
Yeah, they're, even their phone number, you call them, and it just refers you to the website. Jeez. <laughs> It's the same thing with like Uber or like Lyft or something like that. Like, you know, it's so hard to find the Amazon phone number. I've been having to get it recently, (laughs) but like you have to do like some back little digging to find even the genius bar. Like I have the Apple genius bar from Brywood mall saved in my phone. Cause like, I know that I can call that number and every once in a while people be like, how did you get this number? I'm like, don't worry about it. Like, (laughs) this is what I need done. Like their support is not helping me. And they're like, fuck, okay, come in. (laughs) Side note. I've been using Amazon as like rentals. Oh, dude, for props and stuff, <laughs> buy yeah. and return. I've been all day. just like, now that you can take it to Macy's, I'm just like, unbox it, take it back, done. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, we, we did this. So, uh, we actually, so, so the <clears throat> largest project that um, my team is taking care of, we did this uh, one hour live streaming event in, in DC. $20,000 project. Mm hmm. Obviously, you know, I'm not taking home all that. Yeah, you know, the live I, streams get expensive. I, I partnered with, with a friend of mine on that. So, you know, I had I just had a percentage of that. But I, it was just really eye-opening to, to see that my team was able to provide that much value. Because mm-hmm. we, you know, I directed and produced it. So we, I took care of everything. And it was just really, you know, like after that moment when, the, when we cut and we were no longer on air, I was just like, holy shit, my, we, have, we have what we need. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we have the skills we need to do this. Yeah. Even though we were there for for a friend of mine, we took care of everything. So it was just like we can actually provide this value. But yeah. uh but but we I took a bunch of stuff from Amazon and then like <laughs> as soon as we got back, like these hundred like full cameras like and stuff. Hundred fifty foot fiber optic HDMIs oh, and yeah. like switcher or you know, a switcher monitor and just like a bunch of different random things that I didn't even you know, I had never even live streamed before. And yeah. I'm just like And then it goes right back and it was the I, dude, I had a week and a half of notice and I was What? Just, oh for a God. live stream? Yes. Jesus. And I, had, I was just like but he, he called me and he's like, I got this opportunity and I was like, Yes, I can do it. Yeah. I can do it. And, and did you know you could do it or were you just kinda like I didn't I think I can. I, I didn't think I, I didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, had, dude. It's I had awesome. no clue. Start hopping on the Google how to <laughs> live stream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just YouTube. I've yeah. li- I've built a career off YouTube because YouTube I, University baby. Yeah. Literally. It's so weird. Did you I, go to school as well, film school? So I, I did go to Specs Howard for a year, and that was a complete and utter waste of time. I didn't learn it. I actually didn't learn a thing. I, I'll, I'll be, I would be honest if I did if I had learned something or I had made a connection of some type. Yeah. But it was it was a waste of time. It was a real waste of time. That's how I feel about my degree right now. <laughs> what, do, what do you have? Up. What degree do you have? Tech management and project okay. management. Okay. So you still went through the WCC program, which I think is oh the WCC is the great things about that. valuable and, thing that I've ever yeah. done. And the fact mm-hmm. that Garrett is a part of that gives it credibility because mm-hmm. he's he's amazing and he knows he's actually in the industry and the people oh, at yeah. the people at Specs and you know not to to down talk Specs Spec Howard because he's built he's built a legacy for sure within the radio space and things like that. But you know, it was very obvious that they had just branched off into this as a part of their business model. You know what I mean? There, when I got there, they had just been, they had just purchased the ADD DSLRs and this, and we're talking 2018. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? They had it's just, they had just been getting rid of their like <clears throat> big Panasonic shoulder camcorders. Mm-hmm. And that was That's, just, it was just disappointing to be honest, because you know, I had already built, I had already, you know, been making a living in the industry as far as, you know, my business, but it was disappointing to see all the other people that were there that were expecting value that I knew that they weren't going to get. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I knew that they, you know what I mean? And these, there, there were people that, you know, obviously had aspirations of, of making a living in this industry that, that unfortunately probably won't get the opportunity to because of getting the it. choice of going to specs rather than WCC and getting that bad taste in your mouth can <clears> like ruin a whole career in a sense. Yeah. Like if you're, you're like, Oh man, fuck this. I'm not going right. to shoot on these or why does my picture look like this or whatever. Right. So, but like n- same sort of thing here at, at WCC, I'm actually, I'm teaching in that program. Now the, the intro class there. Oh, and, awesome. Uh, what are you teaching? Uh, it's vid 105. So like the intro to video class. So I'm teaching all the kids how to, how to operate premiere and get their hands on a camera and set up tripods and all that fun stuff. That's awesome. Um, but it's the same sort of thing there. I mean, it's really hard for them to like make any decisions to like buy gear and stuff. I mean, they've been talking about getting a bunch of black magics for like three years years now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm teaching them like on the T seven eyes, I think. So it's like, I mean, it's the intro class. Yeah. I mean, those will do. Yeah. Those will do for sure. When I first got into the, um, program, I remember talking to Garrett and then him telling me like, yeah, T6 has a great camera. You're doing like, this is perfect, John. Mm-hmm. And then like, now that I look back, I'm just like, Garrett, why the fuck did you tell me that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you could have just waited or done this or that, you know, I honestly, if I it. was starting from scratch now, I would just use my iPhone. Yeah. hundred percent. It's yeah. crazy. I would, bu- I would build a, a small company around the iPhone. I mean, Cole Bennett's doing the iPhone stuff now, but that's like all just because he has so much clout behind him. He's he like, probably has, he signed a deal with Apple for sure. You think so? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would think. That makes sense. <laughs> that's sweet. I yeah, mean, that's, too. that's money for sure. <laughs> that's cool. We did some small stuff for Apple for like uh, training videos or whatever. It was pretty cool. Just, nice. being, yeah. just being in the Apple aesthetic of the store was mm-hmm. cool. Wait, in California videos. or no no just in at Briarwood oh, okay yeah cool. at Briarwood a buddy of mine is a genius there or was a genius there who is it my buddy Steve Steve, buddy Steve. I don't know Steve no I know like so many people at the Apple store Shout so out many to geniuses everybody. so many yeah <laughs> my, actually one of my like best friends growing up kyle bill meyer shout out to kyle he's literally like specked out drops like everything for a very long time now nice um he just re- he was a genius and was like running apple for like nine years like maybe like two or three steps down from yeah maybe like two or three steps down from the top of that store really yeah that's just that one store i'm kidding and he uh um just got a job at rivian and that's um, sick i a buddy of mine or a friend a photographer friend andrew trahan actually just did a huge shoot with the rivian at the eastern market said that the truck is really really uh what it's played up to be yeah it's not like falling apart like a tesla or like the plastic is like creaky and (laughs) <laughs> everything else right yeah how are we doing on time no we're good i'm just checking a text message from from jim okay. to see what's going on yeah i just got i just got a little bit of editing to do after this first uh nice. some pbs ice fishing stuff we did that was pretty cool no nice. ice fishing and ice boating oh i just filmed so, some yeah, ice boating yeah, i saw stuff. that you were out at on uh wild lake there. Wald, you were out, yeah. out there the day before i was out there oh shit really it was probably the same <laughs> and dude PBS, and pbs yeah. was doing a little spot on it yeah so they're doing a spot that's going to premiere on the 23rd and me and will went out there and took care of some some cool stuff for them it sounds nice. cold i was just out there it was freezing because my Do you guys have like yak tracks what's that the the little rubber like nets that oh, you can put on the bottom of your shoes will did <laughs> so, yeah 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 but no it was sweet we um i i love the winter man i you know we were just up in the like i said in the up doing the tire shoots and then the week after that we went up for ice fest which i was is gonna like say were you ice up climbing there? yeah so that's kind of my new thing that i'm gonna endeavor in is ice climbing and Ooh. 
And uh, I, I've been just like obsessing over it because I've been wanting to climb for a while. And because, you know, I've and you guys probably relate to this in a way like the mountains are calling me like I got to oh, get out. Yeah. There. You know what I mean? So Trey, you were the first person to ever explain to me what <laughs> mountain energy was. I don't think if you remember, but you were telling me you were like, there's just an energy that you feel when you're like surrounded by mountains and it's really powerful and there's nothing else like it. Absolutely. So I, I got my goal is to go and summit Denali in Alaska. So I have to, in order, in order to do that, I have to be like tip top condition, nutrition and endurance. So I've been just doing anything endurance. We did uh, will dragged me along for the hundred mile water moon race this past summer. And then I've done, a couple marathons now for running, a couple half marathons and some training. I don't really like running as much. It's really Dude, I hate running. Really hard on the knees and hips, but especially as a road biker, we're like, why would we do this when we can just bike and have way more low impact? Right. Right. So my my plan is to just keep with running, biking and ice climbing and then do you climb at uh, Planet Rock at all? I've been to Planet Rock a couple times. Pretty fun. Say, I'm should, not uh... I'm not sure I'm huge on like the actual hands of you I think I think I'm going to be a lot more comfortable using ch- tools. Yeah, you know, but no, we f- f- should for sure go climb. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, me and my buddy Andreas are up there. Oh no, climbing way. all the time. I yeah. think I met Andreas. Yeah, you, maybe. Is I he mean, in the industry? Yeah, yeah, he's okay. in the industry. I might have. He's the dude does like the FPV stuff. Yes, yes, I've seen some of his work. He's pretty a killer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's getting there. He's going to be like he's slowly taking over FPV in the area. It's pretty nice. That's sick. Have you ever it. tried FPV? It's fucking insane. I haven't tried flying. I I do a lot, I do a decent amount of uh, flying for you know some Jeep stuff and some just Facebook stuff, mm-hmm. and it's pretty cool. But I know FPV is a whole different concept of if you flying. Ever get the chance to like hop on like one of the simulators. Oh um, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Those, I mean, that's like the closest I've only done that because I don't, I'm not anywhere near to get my hands on a real one. <laughs> but like, it's insane. Like, it gives me a whole different appreciation for like what you see online and like what Andreas is doing and stuff. Yeah, like, it's a whole different concept insane. of like movement, like, isn't it? I mean, when you're not touching it, you're falling out of the sky. Like all motors right. are off. You know, yeah, you gotta so keep it's that like, perfect you're feather. always like. Damn. And you like, grip, I gotta try it. You grip the controller like this, and you're just like, it's 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 so. <laughs> yeah, weird. we've been on we've been on set with some really cool uh, uh, Brandon with Wonderlust image, imagery. He does some really mm-hmm. great. Uh, yeah, FPV I was gonna stuff. say. Yep. Yeah, he does some really awesome stuff. He he's just, up he did in some, Marquette. Yeah, he's all the way up there. He's. I would love to live up there. I did a I did a year up at Northern Michigan University. Oh no way! Marquette. Yeah, and it was. It's a blast up there. It's its, its awesome. own little bubble. It's yeah, sweet. my plan my plan is next winter. I want. I'm. I'm about to buy a, a truck for the company, so I want to kind of turn it into like an overland type thing. Oh, hell yeah. And I want to go up there for a little bit in the winter and uh, just do some solo, like ice climbing and just... That's what I built my Forerunner out. Uh, oh, dude, like, let's go o- up there. It's let's go. overlanding or like has the whole back compartment and stuff with like the sleeping and that's all that, sick so. i'm gonna have to check it out yeah yeah it's i forgot you have forerunner. Street. i yeah. love the forerunners dude yeah it's the if old I, third gen i kind of wish i didn't have so much video equipment so i could just have a, a car don't or you have a tacoma no no i that's have a ford fusion will has the tacoma <laughs> yeah will's got a taco yeah, will's got a taco, yeah. yeah. Um, or yeah I, uh, I'm in the same boat. I, I can't spend my money on anything besides film shit. <laughs> it's like, I feel wrong, like buying anything. Else. I've actually, like, since, oh, this <clears throat> isn't an investment <laughs> since I got the Komodo. I haven't really been spending anything though, which has been nice. Mm-hmm. I've been just like saving a lot of money and just, and you're need- pretty gung ho with that Komodo. Like I've seen you riding your road bike 
with like holding the Ronin behind that you. thing's already all chipped up and, <laughs> and like the paint's already coming off the top and the bottom did I you put, get a white one yeah 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 i got on the wait list and i got the honor of paying jared another thousand dollars for a color <laughs> but no I, I the only reason i got the white is just because i figure if i want to get rid of it it'll resell better Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you know, for sure. Got to hit it with but, a magic eraser pretty hard. But now that it's got, now it's all beat to hell. I don't think it's going to resell as easy. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Dude, we, we got to get our hands on a Komodo. The wait we, times are still just freaking like four to I six I mean, honestly, weeks. if Garrett, if Garrett's hooking you guys up with rentals, I mean, there's not, re- I haven't, I've been making a few bucks off rentals, but I don't use it too often, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. like I only use it for those projects that I need to second shoot with uh, free ages, Alexa mini. Yeah. you know you're not and shooting it, your weddings on the komodo obviously. hell no <laughs> the nicer wedding i mean some of the nicer venues and stuff if i want something that's going to go into our portfolio or something like that i'll i'll do it but oh, yeah. it doesn't make sense workflow wise you oh, know yeah. and the in co- our couples are not going to know the difference between 4k on a on a 1dx and 6k down res from a, a oh, komodo you know why we're not shooting the, the, the podcast <clears throat> right be raw black magic at right one-to-one code right right <laughs> Right, but no, the Komodo's been great. It's been a good learning curve for me because I, you know, obviously I come from stills cameras, DSLRs and stuff. So it's been a great learning curve color wise, and it's. I mean, I'm still not as uh, good in color as I, I need to be, and things like that. Working with the Kodex, working with different, you know, things like that. I'm not very. Do you solely edit sure. in Premiere? Or do you use DaVinci? We use Resolve. Okay. Yeah, we we switched from Final Cut about a year and a half ago, almost two years ago i want to say mm-hmm. and it's been a good transition only because uh resolve or yeah resolve has a great interface it's very simple to use it's has really really good color tools has really good uh you know compatibility with all cameras it, it handles the 6k raw like it's free, like it's right? nothing like mm-hmm. it's nothing and it's free yeah it's free <coughs> I, I mean i the, still the i still pay for premiere version. yeah i was gonna say the studio version is not free right i think you only the only limitations the the limitations i think you don't get the fx like the the special effects or like the Uh, effects and then i think you're capped at a 1080 export i don't think you can export in 4k oh no way really but with the black magic you get the studio license for free oh nice yeah so you guys have that right yeah sweet but we're still turning and burning through premiere yeah. I, I know DaVinci, but like I'm just so fast in Premiere and yeah. like all the projects that we've been doing recently. And that's industry like, standard still. Yeah. yeah. And it's but. nice to just have like everything else. <clears throat> like, you know, your Lightroom, your Photoshop, your mm-hmm. AE, all that. Yeah, I still stuff. I still pay for all that and just, you know, expense it of course, but mm-hmm. I don't really use Premiere too much. Yeah. I do I mean like I I need I'm okay in it. I can operate it and I can get things done in it, but you know, obviously I'm more efficient in, in resolve and stuff like that. But I honestly haven't been doing too much editing, which has been really nice. I oh yeah, most of my day to day is is uh, you know emailing, sending out quotes, phone calls with clients, um, shooting, prepping for shoots, putting together equipment lists for our teams because you know on we have the capability of doing three weddings in a day, uh, two photo and video, and one video. So, you know, just kind of like... And that's because you guys diversify your team, right? Yeah, it's because I found, you know, some really reliable people to represent us and things like that. And I've kind of, you know, built a template out of it. So if we have, you know, we have the capability of doing a decent amount of uh, of work. Mm -hmm. So now it's just... Now my goal is just like, all right, I got to keep these people busy. 
Yeah, we have that a lot with like live events and other things like that. Like the, it's it's nice when I know that I can just hire out and, right. and not have to like be boots on the ground. But right, hiring out is scary though because I've I was just gonna say that. Yeah, I've had my experiences with people trying to burn me and like um, build things. relationships with the client or like under yeah. certain ways. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, yeah. There was one guy that uh, we we heard through the grapevine was was doing that and it made me feel kind of. Like, what? I thought you were cool, dog. What the <laughs> hell? And I don't even, th- some people, I don't even think they're realizing when they do it. Right. Like, it's because right. they're not in the industry that they're like, it's like, hey, dude, you're fucking with my bread and butter. Don't do that. <laughs> right, right. No, I had, so I had this one uh, guy that came, he does a lot of music video stuff and he does some, he does pretty good work, but he came and did a wedding with us and I was leading photo and, you know, Will was leading video and he was second shooting. Um, and at the end of the night we were getting ready to do the reception and Will told me that he, he was in the parking lot and saw this guy hitting a wax pen. And I, I mean, like, you know, there's, I'm not against, you know, wax pens or anything like that, but we're doing a job here. We're yeah, working, do we're working, mm-hmm. you know, no, no alcohol at events, no weed, no, you know what I mean? Like, just keep it professional. You know, yeah. you you signed a contract with me saying that you're not going to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and that's all in your contracts, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, man, what a dummy. Absolutely. He knew it. And at the end of the night, and what was funny is at the end of the night, he came up to me, and I didn't say anything. You know, I want to get the job done and stuff. And at the end of the night, he was like, so you have cash to pay me, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I, I laughed. He didn't I, read the I thought he was joking. I thought he was joking because like, I've never met anybody in this industry that pays cash at the end of a shoot. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you're and lucky, yeah. He's like, yeah, so you have cash for me, right? And I'm like, what? I'm like, so I actually, uh, I'll send you a check and stuff like that. And he's like, all right, you can get this footage when, when I get paid. And I'm like, what? I didn't. And that was when I didn't realize like he was shooting on his cards and then, so like, this, this is just little lessons that you go through that you really, uh, this person sounds like an lead. asshole. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> he, he didn't was. get the call back. I'm assuming. <laughs> oh no. So I, I like went, I went, had uh, coffee with him, dumped the cards and I said, you know, technically you voided our contract, so I don't have to pay you for this, but I'm just gonna, you know, give you the benefit of the doubt. And, uh, this is the last time we'll be working together. You said that to him and everything? Yeah, absolutely. Fuck yeah. Absolutely. There was, um... Oh my god! It was right on the tip of my tongue, and now it's gone. I hate it when that happens. <laughs> so you you live and you learn in this industry, you know, um, especially trying right to new. trying to manage things. You know, it's it's been a real learning curve, and it's been the the most enjoyable part of this has been learning how to how to operate. You know, that's yeah. you know, obviously the the camera has been like a a hobby of mine since I was young, but like really operating has been my passion lately is just kind of learning how to sell, how to, how, how to market, how to, you know, how to make, how to make better margins, I guess, you know, doing less work for the same amount. Yeah. Working smarter. Things like that, Mm -hmm. you know, um, something that we got to kind of streamline is just like, the pre-production phases and how to really like nail that down. So we're not just wasting countless hours and in that phase. Cause I mean, I feel like pre-production and like the first initial like attack on a project is always like the most like well, a lot of clients just feel, I feel like a lot of people just waste our time you or know? just don't know what they want. And then you're stuck there having zoom meetings and like 
finding out their brand right. guidelines and actually like what type of ad they want and all that stuff. Some and people just like, have no idea. They're like, oh, video content. And it's like, yeah, cool. But there's a whole entire way that we're going to have to build this ad. You know what I mean? Right. But like, right. If, you don't so even, much behind it. if you don't even have a mission statement and these are like some super large companies too. And we're just like, what is going on back there? Like, are right. you guys struggling? Is this why you guys need all this video content? Because you guys are struggling. <laughs> but yeah. to side note, back to it, I had another horror story real quick. When we were doing, we were ghost producing this um, other video for like this A-list and um, this, they needed fire dancers and um, like fire breathers and like a pyro pe- and team and stuff like that. And I had, you know, like me and Trey used to go to festivals. Like I used to be involved in like that wook hippie community. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, this is going to be the easiest thing ever to find all those people. <laughs> there was this guy that I knew who we actually had met and talked to a couple times backstage at... Um, like the, the magic stick and other places like that. And he like runs sound and he's like a really, what I thought a cool guy. And like, he's like kind of has like a local DJ thing startup. And, um, <clears throat> he, I was like, yo, what's up, man? I need like three or four fire dancers. Like, is there anybody that you can refer me to? Mm-hmm. And he was like, Oh yeah, let me get back to you. So then I hit him up like a couple days later. He's like, yeah, I'm almost done curating a team. And I was like, yo, like, whoa, like, I don't need you to do that. I just was hoping that you could like give me some recs because I know that you've dealt with these people because you've thrown on your own events and stuff like that. And he was like, yeah, that's not how this works. Like I I don't want to pass out my contacts without getting permission from them first. And I was like, okay, well, cool. Get permission from them and then give me their number. And then, you know, like obviously he's not going to ask them that. And then he came at me with like, um, he was like, Hey, so I have the whole entire team together, blah, 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 blah. It's going to cost this much. And I was like, dude, I'm, you're not a fucking agency. <laughs> like you're a kid who runs a sound at a booth and like you're a DJ and yeah. like you do drugs. Like give yeah. me, I'm like looking for some other people for this. And then it, I was just like, all right, cool. Thanks man. Like that's not how this works. Like I was hoping that you could just help me out. Like if you asked me, Hey John, do you know any fire dancers? I'd be like, yeah, let me ask him. I'll pass you your, their number. Right, you know right. what I mean? And he was trying to make a buck. But and I was like, that, that's how you've built your network and he hasn't, I'm assuming. Yeah, but I don't think he knew even really what he was doing. I think this is kind of one of those opportunities where he was like, oh, Drop's reaching out to me. Like, I'll be able to make a buck off of this. And I'm just like, right. no. That makes sense. It, I'm trying to think of, like, how that how that kind of, like, pushes you towards a different direction. What do you mean? In a, in a learning sense, right? Like, as far as knowing when, in, when somebody is... Uh, like I mean, if you would have if you would have kept working with him, you would have had more headaches and you would have success. Oh, you know? totally. I mean, I've never worked with him before. This is just a guy that I knew in the scene. Okay. So, and he's not even like professionally like a booking agent or this or that. Mm-hmm. He was just a guy that I knew who right. like hangs out at the bars where all the hippies spin fire. <laughs> but it's good to even have those guys. Yeah. Even if they don't end up helping, I mean, this guy knows he, everyone and their mom. And I know he does. <laughs> I know crazy. he does. Yeah, so, but th- I was surprised. I was like, "Why can't I find these people?" You right. Know what I mean, so I, I mean, like, it, it's good to even have those bad seeds because those are the ones that make you recognize the good ones. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's you know, it's true. It's um, it's part of the learning curve, and it's been. There's even like, what am I trying to get at? It's like it's just a crucial part of of what we're doing right and it helps us build a stronger knit community around us because those people around us are the ones that teach us who who we become right like yeah 
like I'm thinking of like my back end when I of my back end of operations as far as like getting signed contracts, bookings, things like that. I I would still be doing paper contracts if it weren't for Evis at, at VC Productions. He showed me uh, a, a software platform that I've completely automated everything. Like, what platform is that? It's called Tave. So it's um it's really cheap. I think I pay like five hundred bucks every three years or something like that. I pay more. I pay like all the softwares uh like chunks of like three or four years in advance, so I save money and that kind of thing. Yeah. And um <clears throat> he showed me Tave and I it, it's very, very like hard to set up. But once it's set up, everything's automated as far as like from a contact form on my website, when somebody puts in their information, it splits it up into different uh, pieces of uh, back-end information, date, event date, event type, uh, you know, what what kind of coverage they need, whether it's just photo, video, both, or, you know, about mitzvah coverage, what, you know what I mean? So, like, things like that, that we, I would have never known if it weren't for, you know, random connections mm-hmm. and people that just showed me this thing, yeah. you know? So, it's like... We dove into hot budgets a little bit, which was, like... What's that? It's supposedly like industry standard, like budgeting, like okay. just like PL statement type of stuff. And okay. it was like, not it. <laughs> like no. when, when I dove yeah, maybe, into it, I was maybe like, you guys should check out Tave then. Yeah, um, I'm definitely yeah. going to. Yeah, I can show you guys around as around the software. It's it's supposed to be a wedding brand. It's wed- wedding oriented, mm-hmm. but it's so customizable that I've been able to use it for anything. Yeah. You know, That's it's, nice. yeah, it's mostly like a lot of like, you know, wedding DJs and, uh, Stuff like that. Yeah. But it's cool. Yeah, I know this girl who, she makes like over 200K a year on her own just shooting weddings. And she's like booked up basically. Photo? uh, Yeah. Nice. Photo from like the beginning to the end of the season. Like she doesn't have a life, but then she like takes off (laughs) all the other time because she's like, yeah, I made like 200 grand in like five, six months. (laughs) It's so badass. Yeah, right? It's amazing. It's amazing. There's Um, so much money in weddings, but I've just had... enough bad tastes in my mouth that I just can't like I'll take on some if it's like obviously makes sense but like right. I'm I'm not looking for weddings just because the bridezillas and the momzillas I've gotten like it's just like right. the disrespect it, in Well, the, I'm in I deal with eyes. all that now. It, so but, it doesn't but Trey, matter. Like, but Trey, you're you're a true creative though. And that's you're, I think that's where it's because you're part right, of you feel like you're settling. I, I feel like I'm a creative, but I feel like I get so distract I get distracted by other things that are in my that are in different lanes, right? And so I'm trying. I kind of spread myself. Sometimes I feel like I spread myself a little too even, but but it's like I, I it's just who I am. I just need ten ten plates in the air at a time, and mm-hmm. you know a couple of them might shatter, but that's okay. That's a part of the success of the other seven. I'm in the oh, same yeah. boat. Like I operate <coughs> when I have a million candles burning as opposed to just like one or two. Right. But like, I think it, it's it a is good thing that, though. It is definitely, but it is like, I have run into this and I think we brought it up on the podcast again, but like the fact of like, again, like spreading yourself too thin or like picking, you can only be good at so many things or so good at so many things. Right. So like sp- picking those couple things that you're like above good in or above average you know mm-hmm. like just because i don't know i find myself like oh man fpv would be so sweet but it's like do i really want to invest all that time to start like devoting into that or like going into like just all these different forms of creativity it's like you got to kind of 
pick a couple and really stick with those. Right. I mean, right. not you don't have to. Whatever you want. To I do. can't remember. Did you say you had to be somewhere at eleven or at noon? Noon. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I was yeah, about yeah, to I'm say. Good. I'm good. Um, yeah, like for me, it's kind of the same way where. It's weird because when I was younger, I didn't really know what I wanted to do or like never really figured it out all the way up until like I started getting into the video stuff. And now that I'm into the video stuff, um, I kind of realized that it might not even necessarily be 100% video. It's kind of like the whole entire like management and entrepreneurial aspect of just like being able to know a product, flip it and sell it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Which is cool because I mean, that's what we do and we love doing it. But like, yeah, for you, Trey, it's just like, you don't want to do that. You just like, you're a pure content creator, always pushing the envelope into a totally different realm. Every I would time. like to categorize myself a little bit more than a the content, content creator. creator yeah. But <laughs> that has a bad turn nowadays. I even, as soon as I said that, I was even like, damn it, that's not the right word. Don't forget to like, subscribe, subscribe, <laughs> like and subscribe dude. my channel. <laughs> yeah. But it's definitely one of those things where just finding that niche is like super important. Yeah. It, it still feels very odd that I found my, um, I knew, I knew what I was going to do very young. And it's, uh, it's been something that I've been, you know, very adamant on myself about taking advantage of because I do have, you know, I do recognize that I have a small lead on, on most other, you know, people that are my age, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to try to keep working towards what my ambitions are towards what I want to go and do and, uh, just do it. You know, if, if, do you ever see yourself not doing weddings? Like, do you see yourself like, I, like what? What would you do overall if, like, you had the, the option to pick? I don't have like honestly. I don't. I don't know how you guys feel about goals and stuff like that. But I don't do. I don't do yearly goal setting. Goal setting or anything like that. I kind of just have an idea of what I want to be doing in in ten years, twenty years. And, well, it seems uh, to be naturally taking its course. Right, right. I think it's because I I only have maybe like as far as like life goals in the spectrum of what I want to do before I die, I only have a couple things. You know what I mean? Like there's only a couple small. What are those things? Oh man, (laughs) (laughs) Um, climbing that mountain is one of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the first thing that I've always visioned accomplishing is doing some very very impactful work for companies like Nat Geo and. And like discovery, it doesn't even have to be net. Like everybody, everybody in our industry says net geo, but that's the thing that comes to my mind because when I was like, when I first learned how to read, the first thing my grandmother put in front of me was those yellow magazines, right? Mm -hmm. And like, I remember seeing the images of like war and things that really made me feel something in humanity, right? Mm -hmm. And I always felt a a call. And like, even though I didn't know then that it was going to be the camera itself, like I knew that there was some reason to to capture that, right? Mm -hmm. So like, I think there there was this, uh, on planet Earth, they did this thing where he was this uh, cinematographer was trying to film Siberian tigers in in the wild. Oh yeah! And he was in this ten foot by ten foot shack for three months, mm-hmm. trying to get shots of these Siberian tigers, and they only come out at night. Yeah. So it was like at night you could hear them and you could do that, but at, at the daytime they're nowhere to be found, and you're yeah. I'm not going to go out there and look for them. Yeah. So when when i when he kind of expressed when he talked about his experience of living in those quarters for 3 months something about that w- felt like that's what i should be doing right like i should be doing something that's such a seems like such a stupid purpose like why are you going to go 
like live in like use the restroom in this shack. You can't even leave this shack for three months. But something about that was so appealing that I was like, I need to put myself in a position where I can support a family. But if I get the opportunity to go on assignment for three months in the middle of the jungle or not even have contact with humans for three months, I need to be able to say yes. Well, what that is, is like, I'm going to get a little weird here. Like we're all humans and we're all technically animals. And like there's this thing that society has done with us and our brains and like formulated a way of us understanding like, oh, you wake up, you cook food, you go to work, you come home, you relax with your loved ones, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily like that in the wild. I mean, like if you think back about how our brains were actually formed with like, you know, like you know just what what, like early homo homo sapiens yeah just life was a completely different thing and our brains are not meant for that like if if our brains are a computer with a certain amount of ram the program beyond us is expanding so fast that like we don't even know how to adapt fast enough because we don't have enough like brain juice for it so right getting back to a, a state i think of where you're like everything else around me doesn't exist right now because I'm doing the one thing that I know that I'm really good at, you know, and the right. one thing that I like have a passionate drive for. So you kind of go into like this almost, I don't want to say blackout state, you know, but like okay. you become like hyper focused. Yeah. Hyper focused on something where yeah. you're like, I'm going to get these tigers because no one else in the world is going to get these tigers. This is actually the world that I live in right. and I can do it, but I just have to be in the shack for three months. And then you like, that's a goal right there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, f- so like, I guess not having too many short-term goals has really put me in that tunnel vision of like, I don't know what I'm going to do to get there, but I'm just going to keep chipping away at it. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And if, and if that requires me to step away from the weddings and so be it, you know, I I don't envision that I'll ever sell off the wedding brand or anything like that. Just because it is like any, I don't see that humans are going to stop getting married. Mm-hmm. So it's, it definitely seems like a, a pillar type yeah, of business that, totally. that has longevity. So like, even if like my vision is that I'm able to build the wedding company into a sustainable, consistent quality, 70 weddings a year or something like that. And, uh, then I'll be able to start bring I really want to find a, a a female that can really connect with my brides as far as like uh connections with them as far as like planning their timeline doing things like that because although we're just a photo and video company we're so indulged in the industry and we've done hundreds of weddings to where we can help so much outside of just photo and video, right? And yeah. I've, and I've already experienced that through a lot of my brides coming to me for like, how should I plan out my timeline? Things like that, right? So like if I, my vision is that I build the company to where it's, you know, 70 weddings <laughs> a year or something like that. And then I bring in, you know, somebody that's going to be able to handle more operations or even just marketing, Instagram posts, uh, you know. You need me, to talk to Claire. Things like, <laughs> all right, <laughs> I'll talk to Claire. So like if I can build a wedding brand to that, that's going to allow me to have the time to go uh, start working towards that that document, that kind of like documentary style yeah. work. Um, yeah, I, I, I envision having like if I if I can make it to where I have the leverage where I don't need to make any money from companies like Nat Geo Discovery, anything like that. And I can just say, yes, I can. I can do it and you don't even need to pay. Like, obviously people hate, uh, you know, doing like free work and stuff like that. 
I've really, really made, I mean, like it's, it sounds stupid, but I've made a lot of money from free work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, totally. You know what I mean? 100%. So it's like, it's like if I can leverage, um, if I can just leverage my other brands or other companies or something like that to make my living and my happy, like my happy number is like 75 grand a year and I'd, I'd be fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you get, when you break beyond a certain amount, then it's like, it's stressful. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't know. I know, I know people that make millions of dollars and like some of my clients have companies that are doing $400 million a year. And it just seems very like overwhelming in a way. Well, not only that, because then you focus. <laughs> Four hundred million you know definitely what seems overwhelming. <laughs> well, you know what, what happens is, like, is like you start, you stop. This is exactly what I was talking about with this, like how we are focused. Like we have been conditioned very well to focus on these green like pieces of paper. Yeah, and, like telling about how they're going to bring happiness, and that's kind of what I was getting at. Because even with your wedding stuff, and even what you were just saying with like you know, hey. I would love to just help you. Like there's a thing about being an impactful person and then making an impactful like statement on the world and just yeah. being positive. And I really like that because you even said you even like, it's all slowly coming to a circle with how you started by saying with like Nat Geo, you were like things that were very compelling and impactful and needed to be mm-hmm. documented, like historical war or yeah. like animals and things like that. Like mm-hmm. being able to be a part of something that you know is a bigger picture greater than somebody who's just like right. fuck if i don't do this then i'm not gonna be able to pay off my yacht and then my wife's <laughs> car payments or like my daughter's college and all this right. stuff and it's like that's great but right. then there becomes a time where it's just like you're gonna be in your 60s or 70s and you're like i didn't travel the world as much as i wanted to like i didn't sit on the beach enough i didn't like do the things that i needed to right. do because i'm i was focusing on the dollar Right. You know? No, absolutely. And I think I mean like the think of, think about a number yeah. think about a number like 400 million, right? Like no. do you know how much um do you know how much energy has to get diverted from your personal life to to that? And do you yeah. want the money so you can build a better personal life or do you want a better personal life that you can support with the money that you have? And because I think you for can me it's have the a, second one. You can have a good personal life with a little bit less than 400 million, <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah. I would hope. That's, and people can't even comprehend that number. Most people think that, you know, a million dollars is that entry to wealth, right? Well, but, it just gets different at that, like, Yeah, number. it's a different level. Yeah. Well, they say the I've, first million is the hardest and then you have to take that first million and then diversify it and then it gets even more stressful because then now you're just managing all these different accounts and diversified bonds and right shit. right yeah. you're, you're digging in you're digging now in. you're a landlord I, and you've got like properties that you gotta do and you're like renting out yeah. and hiring payroll this and that and then usually what happens is that your quality gets fucked and your company goes to shit but you don't care because you're collecting ceos and then right. or you're collecting ceo money it's, and then you have mcdonald's is on every corner it's been mm-hmm. a real learning curve to actually go into the homes of of these ceos though because Getting on a personal level with them is different than reading about Jeff Bezos on a on a article. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, or listening to Elon Musk on on a podcast or things like that, right? But like, going in in these people's homes and having intera- personal interactions with them has really opened my eyes to how they've achieved that, right? And it's been probably the the most valuable lesson I've had with this job is that like I've been able to put myself in rooms with people that are like not necessarily powerful, but have done something humongous within the business world, right? Um, not that that means anything to to life itself, right? Because, yeah. I mean, like, you look at the number of millionaires in the world, it's like hundreds of thousands, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not very, it's not, it's not particularly uncommon. Yeah. So it's just been a very, like, it's been, 
very opening to eye opening to how I want to live my life and how I want to achieve certain things to be in those rooms for certain conversations or, you know, negotiations and things like that. It's been just like really, really weird as a 17 year old. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And it's crazy too, because like, including myself, like I still have a lot of soul searching to do to like figure out like what kind of lifestyle do I want to live? Like what things are holding me back and everything like that. And it's crazy because what it sounds like is you kind of almost figured that out when you were like 14 and then you were like, and, Oh, and, I can not, build this business. And not, so not to bring up anything morbid, but I think the number one thing that really gave me value within, or not value, but the number one thing that, that gave me perspective on, on like all of this is loss. I I lost my grandmother when I was like 10 Mm -hmm. and she, I was like, I was raised by my grandparents, like not raised by my grandparents, but partially raised by my grandparents, very, very close with them. And like going through loss at a young age where you don't really even know what, life is in general yeah was really like holy shit like okay we're not we're not here forever mm-hmm. you know oh, what i no. mean like it could be tomorrow that that i just don't wake up or some shit you know yeah. like so like i think that really gave me perspective on like what matters what really matters yeah because it's like it's just crazy that you can be you can be here one day and then the next day you're just you know, yeah, and then nothing matters. <clears throat> I mean, obviously, like I don't give a shit what happens to the company if I'm dead. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and it's crazy too because it's like, like I said, you seem to have found like this um peace almost with not only your mm-hmm. work but like you're in a long term relationship that's really mm-hmm. that's like you know sustainable and going good. Your business, yeah, is I'm not in a rush. Good. Yeah, like I'm not think- in a, most people are in a, are in a very very like they want instant gratification and and like I mean it's taken me eight. And it's so weird because it does not feel like it just gave me goosebumps because it doesn't feel like it's been eight years. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It feels like I'm, I've just been stretching and I'm about to go into the first quarter. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's really weird. It's, it's this weird feeling that I just know, you know, like it's been eight years, but it feels like I'm just like, I just gotta, I just have been like, you know, shown the intro to like how this shit works. And do you think like, I'm sorry, Trey. I was just going to say, you have a relatable drive that I don't see in most. And that's, that's <laughs> I appreciate definitely, that. definitely yeah. huge. I appreciate that. I can see you guys vibing on that level for sure. Because Trey was also one of the people that helped me like light a finer, fire under my ass and stuff. But do you think like there was something about, did you like put on blinders? Or was there like this thing that helped you block out the outside world and only be focused on certain things or what when you say block out the outside world it really takes me back to like high school and uh like middle school i did like i said i didn't i didn't really have uh you know a ton of friends i had a small friend group that i hung out with and stuff but even them i i never really like i think i went in high school i probably partied a handful of times throughout all of high school you know like all of my weekends were spent friday saturday sunday weddings growing the wedding brand and my weekdays were you know spent just like editing and you know trying to grow everything outside of it so like blinders have have never it's weird because it feels like they've never not been there yeah if you it feels i wouldn't even call it blinders like you could be so my mom my mom like i was raised by a single mother shout out to all the single mothers because my mom is just like amazing that's awesome and shouts out shout out because like my my mom really raised me to not care what other people say about me what other people say to me 
who, you know what I mean? Be like things like that, that she instilled in me that really just kind of like calloused my mind, I guess. Yeah. D- David Goggins has this thing about callousing your mind and, and it's about just really, really just being hardened to the world, right? The good and the bad. Yeah. And like when you get to a place where, where like the, the good and the bad don't really mat not that they don't matter but they're not affecting the way that you're navigating mm-hmm. then it's just like i feel like you can you can really n- navigate more freely is it what i'm trying to say yeah, or something i think i think you don't have blinders i think you like when you say blinders you're think like it's because we're looking forward and then right. there's distractions on your left and your right that you're actually trying to blind out okay. but if you can go above the looking forward into like a 360 view of understanding <laughs> okay. everything that's yeah, going on yeah. around you. That's what I think is kind of where your brain's at. I think I feel you. Yeah. 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 Which for, is, for sure. Yeah. It's, um, it's an, it's a very, especially it's almost like therapeutic to be honest. If I'm like looking when, for it. Be, <laughs> that would be, be nice because, because like in, in, uh, not to, not to display what my mom has uh, done for me or anything, but she's always questioned how I run my business. Right. Which has been, it's difficult at times, but I think it's important to be questioned, right? Totally. But what am I trying to get with that? When you're, when you're kind of like questioned, uh, it kind of makes you go back to the drawing board, right? And really assess, like, mm-hmm. am I doing the right thing? Yeah. Am I am I making the right decisions at the right times and things like that? But I've always she like she raised me to have such confidence in myself and and like thinking within reason that it's like even when she gives me a compliment or a negative of what I'm doing or something like that mm-hmm. they both feel the same like it, it like a compliment and a cuz it's coming from a place of love yeah right yeah. exactly so it's like but also it's, also in the sense of like looking at it like a like a marble statue if you're like chiseling away at this marble statue and your mom comes in and she's like, oh, you know what? That's looking like a little a little questionable. You might want to work on it a little bit more right there. As opposed to if you're like just working on this and then you're like, sweet, it's done. And she didn't like have any input and you go and like put yeah. it in a show. Right. Versus and it's not, al- it it's not always my mom. Just side note, it's not always my mom. It's, you know. Or just, I mean, yeah, not your mom, but just like someone to be there to like question or right. critique or just mm-hmm. like be that like, are you sure person, you know, I right. feel like is important. for Right. Savannah has been a huge part of of supporting me because she was, she her and my mom were the pe- people that were sitting in the booth as I was standing out front trying to sell photographic yeah. prints. You are know, you, so you guys are high school sweethearts? Yes. Yeah, that's yes. awesome. We met right before high school. Or right as, holy shit, way before that. <laughs> <laughs> right before high school, or as high school was starting. That's so awesome. It, yeah, I, I'm so thankful that I have someone to really confide in when, I need, when I'm feeling a little overwhelmed or I'm, uh, I don't know how to hand, navigate a certain you know type of thing. And I feel so bad because I, like when I get, fixated on something it's it's unhealth sometimes it feels unhealthily obsessive right yeah. like and she has to hear that <laughs> she's yeah. she's the person that has to hear that no matter yep. what it is ice climbing uh mountaineering um overlanding that i want to do or you know rental properties she gets so irritated when i'm like oh listen to this how you can just avoid you know ta- you can save taxes on doing this or, and she's just like i don't give a shit she will but she, but she listens but we she sound listens. like we have a lot of the same problems <laughs> <laughs> she she listens and she's there and she supports me entirely so it's just amazing to have someone like that yeah people always get um uh 
you know, irritated when they have to hear all that stuff. But then you're like 10 years from now, you're like, yeah, but we have a nice car. We have a house. <laughs> we've got this, we've got that. So, right. Um, but yeah, I think it's really crazy because this is actually some stuff that I've been dealing with in my own life and I know we're going a little over, but I don't think, it no, we're really, fine. We're I don't fine. even think it matters because yeah, you got a place to be. So we'll just run it up until whenever. Yeah. I'm good for, for a little bit, but like one of the things like about being in a relationship with anybody, whether it's a friendship or a romantic partner or whatever, like where you are in that time in your life, like greatly affects like not only your decision making, but like who you are as a person. And like, if I were to think about like something about like any of my high school girlfriends or anything like that, like what obviously not obviously because it's possible, obviously if you've done it, but like you would have never thought like, Oh, this is going to be the person I'm going to be with like for the rest of my life or for a very long time. Right. Because you're being influenced by so much outside influence. Like when you're in high school, like, um, you said you only partied a couple of times and you were focused on the business. I was not focused on a business. I was like, you know, a high schooler or even in middle school and stuff. So it's like these outside influences on your life can really, um, negatively affect you in certain times. But I mean, they're now, part of the experience though, right? Like, they are part like, of the experience. Part, yeah. You, you, you guys have part of an experience that I simply, I don't know what, um, what it feels like, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of, that's, th- that's been the sacrifice though. That's my soul. My social life has definitely been the sacrifice. And to be honest, it's been a, an easy sacrifice for me to make. I was about to say, I'm at the point now where like my social life basically shouldn't even really be existing. Oh, I, I don't <laughs> hang you, out. Yeah, you don't hang out. People would <laughs> people, always talk. Yeah, people ask them. me like, yeah. yo, like let's, let's hang out and stuff. And it's just like, and do what? <laughs> like, Sit on the couch. We're not and watch like TV I don't. I don't. I've. I always tell people like, oh, you want to go to the bar? Yeah, yeah. Like, dude, it's <laughs> do like what? I've, I've seen that episode before. I don't yeah. need to watch reruns. Right. I don't need to go to your house and sit right. around see, a coffee table. See, nobody even asks. Like, people know not to even ask me to hang yeah. out anymore. But like, real quick, I just wanted to bring up what you're saying with loss. Kind of like really had a like I was just thinking about that for a second and I kind of really relate to that. Um, it just happened a little bit later for me, I would say, uh, right after high school, my best friend ended up passing away um, because he was intoxicated behind the wheel. Oh, fuck, um, dude. And I was actually up at Northern Michigan university at the time when I got the news and I was like alone, I didn't like no one there or whatever, but the biggest eye opener for me during that whole situation, I mean, rest in peace, Garth and everything, but the biggest eye opener and like, I would say overall disgust, if that's even the right word, was that all of like the kids in the friend group that like he kind of tied together all celebrated his death or not celebrated, but mourned his death by doing drugs and what killed him in the first place. And I was just like, that's what are you doing right now? Like, how is that like a, like you guys were like, Oh, so much like cheers to Garth and stuff. And it's just like, that was like the separating moment for me. I think when I like, yeah, had that paradigm shift, if you will, and was like focused entirely on myself and like, I don't hang out or talk to hardly any, I think there's one person from high school that I still talk to, but like Mm -hmm. it was, and he's, he's a recovery. I mean, he's, like eight years clean now so but that's yeah, it's i think that's tough. i think that that's what, tough, you, what you bring up with loss though i think that definitely is is completely valid in that like work ethic shift you know because mm-hmm. like that was kind of when i stopped like 
hanging out, you know? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I remember just kind of like, I remember, <laughs> I remember going back to school as, as that 10 year old. And I'm just like looking around. I'm like, this doesn't even, this doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, not that not that education doesn't matter school doesn't matter things i was a terrible student by the way but um it was just like it gave you it gave me such a grasp of everything outside of what a routine of a a 10 year old is right like going to hockey practice and you know trying to do my homework i never did homework but yeah me either i was a terrible student (laughs) but like you know what i mean like the responsibilities of things of a 10 year old when once you like you know, experience loss. And it was just like, it gives you perspective and either you're going to perceive that as something good or something bad. Yeah. You got I mean, two, you have two yeah. choices. You have two choices. You, you, that's, the that's path, a turn. Yeah. yeah. That's a turning point where, you know, unfortunately a lot of people fall into a hole for a while and, and it, it may take you years to get out of it. And that's, yeah. that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's like that's that's definitely one of the biggest lessons of life is loss for sure. And in the society that we live in today, there are so many distractions that make you feel like things are important. Mm-hmm. Like literally, like this tattoo I just got. Like um, I was reading, like really deep back into like what that song actually meant the other day because I was like, oh, I know what it is through um, the lyrics. Um, it's but like I don't necessarily know like what the artist's take on this song was. Um, it's uh, Dogs by Pink Floyd. I don't okay, know. Okay, yeah, I know. thought. But is like they were talking about how, and this is in 1977. So they were just talking about how like corporate greed has taken over everything, and like we live in a world where there are people who are paid so much money to make you feel like you need these products. And this is like everybody knows this, but like just reading over it again just re-solidified in my mind, like. There, there are people who are going to try to tell you corporations with good marketers and stuff like this, without this product, you're not going to be what you need to be. And right. like, so you're not going to have that societal status. And it says every, it's anything from the new iPhone mm-hmm. to like a new car or anything like that. And you get that and you have like this consumer, like, yes, I have this item now. I like have this status, but like, no, that you're only happy for like a little bit. And then like, you're still in the same part in life. So like being able to not have these distractions and other things that, you know, can make you lose focus yeah i i lost focus for a while there Mm -hmm. because i was just like a young kid making good money and i'm like i'm gonna buy a louis belt or something stupid Mm -hmm. well dude that's not losing focus that's and that's not even like if that's what you want that's tight you know that's fine like if you if you like the way that you feel when you walk into a room with a louis belt that's okay and one of the things too with like people when (laughs) they're like saying no it is i was the same way in high school i I always spent way too much money on designer dude i still we i mean back in the glass trading games like we were spending money on all this stuff and it's like yo dude if you can't afford it you're just not balling enough like don't (laughs) don't ask questions you know what i mean it's like this whole stuff status thing oh, it's so stupid. but there is an extent where it's like you know what these are the things that make me happy but if you can afford it and you can still get your shit done like if you if you were making money in high school and you bought a louis belt i'd say you're doing way better than half the other kids in high school just because you were focused enough to build that like up and get a louis belt yourself without selling right. drugs or like right, right getting all the money from like your parents or something like that yeah i, I get that i think i just kind of wish i would have placed myself in a more mental mentally uh, successful position rather than because I mean like it was just like what what do people perceive me as right like I've never truly to my core cared about what other people think of me but it was more of like you know what I mean what do people see me wearing or what do you know 
things like that. And it was like, I wish my priority would have been like, how can I, how can I be, a, a, you know, very healthy mentally? How can I, you know, help other people, help other friends that aren't healthy mentally, things like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, that should have been my priority, but I mean, like it, it's a lesson. It, it was a quick, easy lesson that I went through that I now have to, you know, talk about things like that. Yeah, but and like, you got a Louis belt to show for it. I lost it. Oh fuck! <laughs> it's okay. I mean, so four hundred dollars down the drain. It's crazy. You, know, like, they, you you got me in like a spot right now where like I'm totally picking up on everything you're saying. Um, just like what you have, what a lot of people don't have, and I'm speaking from um, just this is John Downing thoughts. These aren't facts. This is how I perceive the situation. These are all thoughts, by the way. Yeah, um, <laughs> all of this when when you people do things because they want validation from others. And Mm -hmm. it seems like a lot of people will waste their time because they're looking for validation from others and self validating. And it seems like in this culture, like self deprecation is like where it's cool, like being a sad boy or, Mm. Oh, I'm like Mm -hmm. have an anxiety disorder. I'm depressed. And I'm not like discounting any of that stuff, but a lot of people like they, when you start to victimize yourself, you start to turn your brain in a direction that's not good. So you start to look for validation from other mm-hmm. people where it seems like from a young age, you were really good at self validation. So like yeah. you weren't necessarily like, Oh, I need to go party with these high schoolers so they can think I'm cool. You're like, no, I'm making money. I got a business going. Like I don't need them. I'm feeling validated in myself through my mm-hmm. actions, which is, yeah, like, I, I definitely recognize that that's how I felt now, but then it, it wasn't even, that what none of these thoughts were in my head. It was just like so. It was so natural. natural. It was so natural to just stay on that path and just mm-hmm. keep doing that, and not even. It, it wasn't even a, on the weekends. It wasn't even a thought of could I be getting drunk with my friends right now. Yeah, it wasn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I'm thankful for. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm thankful that I didn't have that. Um, I didn't have the tug. I wasn't being tugged in the middle of both ways, right? It was just so natural that I was just like, I'm going to do my thing. Yeah. I'm going to do my thing. And my and it, it was nice to have a small amount of um, validation from a couple of my teachers because, like I said, I was, I was not a very good student. I averaged, like, Cs and Bs, you know, I'm yeah. so... But it, it's kind of hard to pay attention to school when you're making a living halfway through high school. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah, totally. I didn't even think of that. You were yeah. running your own business and doing your own thing. Yeah, it was very hard to like, like even show homework? up. Yeah. It was so hard to even like show up. But anyways, I, I had I had a, a couple. I had a small like two or three teachers that like saw what I was onto and um, and just kind of like supported that. I mean, yeah. obviously you can't just like give me an A for anything. Yeah. So, but you know, they still well, they saw something. That's just another thing too about the society that we live in. And I feel like such a loser, like we live in a society. No, but like, you know, there's probably a million other kids out there that are just like you that have a drive and do that. But then, you know, like they're in this public school system where like, you know, they mm-hmm. might be getting bullied or they might be getting harassed by a teacher cause they're not doing good in school. And like the, you, they might not have been in the same mental space to be like you and be like, Oh, mm-hmm. I can go do this. Like it might've brought them down to an area where like they could have been flourishing, <clears throat> but like how, how do I, right. how do I get like well, the modern educational system is just beating you into a square to, I'm sure yeah. <laughs> like you're saying all these yeah. kids have it, a lot least of hopes and it, dreams. That at least of, they're now encouraging like trades and stuff like that. Right. You know, yeah, it, it like, that was a whole yeah. thing. Yeah. It, it, is, like, it is shifting. I, I, I mean like I'm thankful that society, like when, when I eventually have kids, at least, at least they're going to have the option of, you know, doing something besides college or, if they mm-hmm. want to do college. I mean, like, obviously, there's certain things that you 
you know what I mean? You're not going to YouTube how to do surgery and go walk into an OR. So, mm-hmm. Though you probably could nowadays. Yeah, yeah. I'll call you if I ever need anything. <laughs> <laughs> call me Dr. Nick from The Simpsons. Oh, man. Metaverse, so, metaverse operation rooms. <laughs> yeah, like yeah the, I'm, I'm not sure I understand the whole metaverse thing yet. I know that it's going to be a thing when we're old and crippled. Yeah. But... I don't, I'm not sure I understand how it's going to... I've been in thoughts of like how I could um, build something around it. Like Even if it is... Like I saw when they first... when I One of the first pieces of meta, uh, Metaverse content I saw was this, almost, this super wide angle like floating into a train and going through suites of a train and like transport in the Metaverse, right? And I was thinking like, do I hire a coder that knows how to do these smooth camera things so that i can contract out and induce have a a metaverse production company i don't know like i don't know i don't know you know what i mean like, way to put all, like those different eggs in what baskets right right i don't know my mind is just like the metaverse isn't like i feel like once the metaverse reaches like grand theft auto 5 quality then it's game <laughs> over but like right now it's really far behind that right, right. to where i think there's that like but Not I th- I think in or- in order for metaverse to really hit scale, I think VR has to hit scale first. So mm-hmm. right now I'm kind of like oh, figuring Apple glasses are coming out this year. Just I'm, wait. Oh, they are, they are. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do a VR wedding experience because I know my couples will pay it. Yo, pay it. that would be yeah. sick. I'm going to do a ni- I'm going to do a nice like you know Apple box presentation with a pair two pairs of goggles and like, like I have a whole vision for it, but I, I mean like I just haven't had time to work on that or anything. There's a I have so many different ideas that I want to try, but um, that's fucking awesome. But I have two. I just have. Um, too many personal things I'm trying to do too. I'm trying to still live a personal life. You yeah, know? that's the, like I, that's the I, that's the hard part, man. The, yeah, the separating the work from yeah. from personal shit because like I'll find myself just constantly learning or constantly right. researching when it's like my girlfriend's like, "Hello, like I'm here." <laughs> yeah, shout, like, oh fuck, I'm sorry. Yeah, like, shout out to Savannah again because we'll be like in Grand Rapids visiting her grandparents, and I'm like, I got a lead for a job tomorrow. Can I take him? We can go home tonight. You know, yeah. like things like that. She's she's been dealing with that for so so long, and she's just amazing with it because my schedule's everywhere. And it's crazy as, as your guys probably are. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's crazy too because I feel like when you say something like, "Oh, I got a lead over here for something," it's not like, "Yo, we're in a position where we're gonna miss mortgage payment, so like we I need to take this job to work to make money." Mm-hmm. So like your ends are obviously money, but at the same time, your ends are just like maybe it's this self-validation thing. Like I can do that next thing. I do want to help grow my company into a bigger and better place. Like every time, as you know, like whenever you nail a deal with a client, you're like, yes. Or like whenever you got some good news, you're like, yes, I did it. You know? So it's just fueling that fire, that creative, like demon on your shoulder angel (laughs) or however you want to look at it. Like, and a lot of people do that with like investments in like offshore oil and like this and that, like things that are just not necessarily the best for like the world. But the fact that you're doing it for like, yo, I'm creating an experience for like people's weddings or yeah. like I'm helping. Yeah, I'm super excited to move into our new studio next week. We uh, so Free Age just bought um, the old Detroit Mercantile, which it which was uh, it used to be a firehouse for Detroit with like horse yeah. stables and stuff. Oh wow! So they bought the end of the the building, and um, Jim came to me and was just like, "Hey, you want to run Midtown Media Co out of there?" And I was just like. 
this is the moment. Like, this is what I've been waiting for for eight years. You and know? which so one's like, Jim? He's from that other company? So, yeah, Jim's a director at Free Age. He, yeah. he does, um, you know, amazing work. He's been able, like, learning from him has been really amazing, just learning how he's able to, you know, work with clients. And especially, I think yesterday I really um, enjoyed watching him get interviewing people or, you know, pulling information out of people while they're on camera, like things like that. Like I've been really learning from, um, but yeah, they bought this, they bought this new like 2000 square foot space and, uh, they're moving from their old Eastern market studio and now they have like a building and and we're going to be joining them. So it's going to be, that's huge. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah. I I really appreciate that. That's going to be, that's, I mean, like, it's just, it's not, I mean, like it's not, financially a huge huge thing that we're like ready for but we're ready for it you know what i mean like i'm just gonna keep going step by step as we can do things i guess you know like obviously um i've been able to you know save save money and stuff so we can do things like this but it's like i've been i was gonna it was it's funny because uh about a year right before the pandemic i was gonna go do this uh small a friend of mine owns a big building in downtown Wyandotte and it's called the offices right and they divided it's basically a co-working space but just like smaller 15 foot by 15 foot offices and I was going to rent one of those out for some reason something in my head told me that wasn't the time yet and uh and then this popped and then this popped up and I'm just like holy shit you know you know I'm like holy shit this is happening you know it's definitely on our goals is to Get oh, that yeah, studio yeah. space. For I'm sure. hoping by the end of this year. But for sure. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah. Where, where are you guys looking at? Do you Are you going to look anywhere yet or no? I mean, I would like to <clears throat> migrate to Detroit eventually. Yeah. Um, I mean, dude, I could never afford to go to Detroit if it weren't for them offering me, you know. That's the uh, thing. You got to, exactly. I mean, they own the building, you yes, said, too. Yeah. yeah so you got yeah. chill, chill landlords yeah. and everything, too, or just like I that wanna, relationship. I kind of want to bring it back here because we're talking about a whole different concept. Um, you're telling me that there's two different production companies that do, you know, both create video content operating out of the same building under two completely different entities. So it'll be free age and Midtown media co. Obviously it's primarily going to be free age because they own the building. They yeah, have, yeah, yeah. you know, large, very large uh, agency clients coming in. I will be doing, um, you know, mostly wedding consultations and experience for my couples, which I'm, I'm so excited to curate that for them because I've been doing for the last eight years, I've been either meeting in coffee shops and taking this, I took the spare bedroom of my house turn and just and turn into an office where my editor would come in every day and do his That's thing. That's what this and, used to be. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, you know, what you know what the struggle is like kind yeah. of working and living under the same roof. One minute mm-hmm. I'm replying to emails and the next I'm doing my laundry or meal prepping or whatever it is. Trey's got the codes and the keys to my house <laughs> and everything. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, exactly. So like it, I'm so, I've never felt like more ready for the transition of like, okay, I'm actually going to lay out my schedule for the week in like, I'm in the office these days. I have meetings these days, like things like that. But what I'm, what I'm getting at here is like back to what I was saying, like you have two companies that are selling the same product, not necessarily, but working under the same thing, which in the world of capitalism is like a huge no, no, you wouldn't have a Wendy's and a McDonald's in the same place. Like two places are selling cheeseburgers. You're not like, Oh, you know, Let's partner up with another peer that sells yeah. cheeseburgers, and we'll try to figure out how we can make this free work. Free yeah. is more agency automotive. Yeah, they're much. They're, they're a much more, larger company. So yeah, it's I, a I relationship. Totally get, I totally get what you're saying because I had those thoughts when I first um, 
when I, when I first was like, yeah, I'll do it. And, uh, I think it's going to be beneficial for the both of us because not only, not only can I, can I leverage my team towards anything that they need? Um, you know, that obviously helps the both of us. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be, it's going to be great. I'm really excited for it. And, um, and again, Jim and Danny just, they've been really they've been, you know, amazing towards my career so far. Yeah. In that portion of agency work, obviously, you know, I've been able to have, you know, four to five different connections with agency work like that, but they're definitely the mm-hmm. the most fun. Yeah. The most fun to work with. <laughs> That's awesome. It's not very often that you see that in the world that we live in today where companies can come together and, and oh, do that. Uh, and I've seen it I've seen it firsthand because some of the other larger agencies, um, like Free Age they just simply don't operate like they do, and they don't have the social skills like 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 Jim and Danny do. They're just really really great guys to work with. So it's been like I don't know. It's just crazy to me that the first connection that I got with in within this industry is like the connection. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Yeah, it's it just feel it felt the same way. It's um, all who you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool though. I'm excited for. For what's coming what's what's on your guys' radar so we got a couple projects that we can't yeah. necessarily talk about just yet okay mm-hmm. um we can talk about them when we end the podcast which I'm, yeah, yeah 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 we should probably do yeah. here soon yeah i'm gonna hang for a few minutes so i can just you know yeah. shoot the shit with you guys let's um, let's let's hit this cutting point and we can jump off the record here and and talk about some stuff i think yeah, uh, yeah. if there's anything else that you guys want to cover no i mean we're at two hours. That's the longest podcast. We're at two hours. At. Two already. One fifty-three. Oh, wow. I, I looked down and it was just oh, passing shit. one, and then I looked down and it's just yeah. another hours passed. Sorry, I oh, dragged shit. this out, guys. You didn't drag. <laughs> out, dude. We're having a combo. This is the type of shit yeah. that I like to talk about yeah. because you know it's really cool to talk with people about camera stuff, but it's also cool to talk to people about life experiences. Yeah, and kind of how everybody operates. I think the external is more important to the to the cameras. You know, yeah, like that. That's how they're just tools. Because there's fast. so many people that can do the same the same DP work that you and I can do that you can do the same gimbal movements you and I can do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's same editing techniques. And yeah, all same, that. yeah. It's all the same. It's mm-hmm. all the same. So that's how, that's how everything else matters so much more, you know? So yeah. it's just been, it's cool. It's cool to have guys like you that, that like I can actually have conversations with. I say yeah. the same thing. We like definitely had a fun time with you. That was the here. the goal with this podcast and just starting it in general is just to be able to talk shop. And I mean, we, we never get to like, we're always like with the people that we've had on and you and stuff. I mm-hmm. mean, the handful of times that we've crossed paths, it's all been on set to where like we can kind of get like kind of chat, but at the end of the day, it's like, all right, we have a job to do. So like, right. We never get that chance to like sit down with our peers and kind of just, shoot the, the shit. shit yeah <laughs> i haven't in a while yeah I in a while, yeah. so it was great guys i you know hang out so <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i listen i really appreciate you guys having me and um we should do this again sometime definitely is sure. there anything you want to plug before we go oh yeah um well i would say my instagram but <laughs> <laughs> i don't know to be honest i mean go check out midtownmediaco.com that's where i mean that you're just going to see a lot of wedding content there so you're if probably you get, not going to if wanna, you're getting married i was going to say if you guys aren't guy, booked out already throughout the whole next season probably not going to want to go to their that website and look at wedding stuff but honestly just um i'm going to work on recovering that my instagram i guess yeah <laughs> so um build a portfolio page for yourself if you are doing a lot of freelance stuff as well i mean i know yeah. you're kind of getting your solidified like right. in with the with the other agency and stuff but mm-hmm. i've found that 
I mean, Instagram is a great portfolio. I mean, granted, yours is a little <laughs> under the weather right now, but Instagram is a great portfolio. But to have that other like just website that's solely what? dedicated just for like okay. work, you're that saying you've like tracearmento.com or like yep. noamendez.com okay. or something like that. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good thought. That's so I have tsarmento.com <clears throat> that's okay. just all the photos yeah. and I have like video gigs that I've done and just kind of a, mm-hmm. a online resume. Yeah. I've been working, sense. I've been working on putting together my DP reel for like just stuff that I, cause like with, um, with the buddy that I've, I'm going to tell you about their business model and stuff, I've been doing, I'm going to be doing a lot of DP work and stuff like that for them. Um, just basic interviews and stuff like that. So, yeah, um, nice. yeah definitely a reel would be, it would be nice for sure. A website. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, it, 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 it adds a level of professionalism to like your portfolio, for you sure. know? Cause if people are like, Oh, send me your portfolio and you send them an Instagram, for link, sure. it's just like, Meh. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. thanks for uh, yeah, sticking dude, around really guys. You coming in. Yeah. Thanks for coming yeah. in. Noah, I appreciate and, uh, you guys having me. Dope sesh. <laughs> well, That concludes episode 11 of the Dropcast. We'll see you guys next week. Peace Peace out, everybody. Peace.